Hey, I'm Kyron. And this is Joel. And we hope your body is ready for a new episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, Joel McDonald, that is me, and as always, my very, very good friend and co-host, Mr. Kyron Morrison. How are you doing good, sir? Joel, I am doing very well. Very well, indeed. That's good to hear. It's very good to hear. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, we've had a little, we've had a little bit of, cheeky little bit of a break (laughs) for a while. Yeah. I don't want to say that it was entirely my fault, but it was entirely my fault. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, had to deal with. It's all good. Yeah, I just had to deal with some stuff. It's um, fine. Like when it when it comes down to it, like we did this for fun. This is for fun. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, yeah, I I wanted to be able to pull together for an episode and things like that, but uh, I just yeah, there were there were days where I, that just was not going to happen. But <laughs> uh, I'm on the up, I think. We'll, we'll see. Oh, that's good. But, but, uh, I know, but, I know you've, you've been like just flat out these last few weeks. So yeah, if you are in fact on the up, I am very happy to hear that. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, my 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 venue manager is about to go away on holidays, so it's probably going to kick back into to to shit storm territory again soon. But we'll take that as it comes. Uh, and March is also a very very busy month in terms of social things that I've got going on. So. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening in that month. March is uh, jam packed. There's one particular week, the week of like the twentieth. I think it's like the eighteenth to the twenty fourth. A lot of stuff going on that week. Um, I'm gonna see how I can swing it all. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, apart from that, nothing new. I'm uh, I'm now officially caught up to date with the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, Cong- I watched... Congratulations! I think. Thank you. No, legitimately had a ball. That's great. At seven and eight were just brilliant um so 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 good i uh, really really enjoyed them and then i watched the the, the trailer for hobbs and shaw which i hadn't seen because i didn't want to watch till i'd caught up and uh yeah i'm super pumped for that i'm gonna go i'm gonna go see that even if i go by myself don't even care i'm just gonna go see it because i'm just i'm super keen for it i mean be, I, yeah. I also saw the hobbs and shaw trailer when i went and saw um Happy Death Day to you last week. I have no context for the Fast and the Furious series beyond three for this trailer. Yep. But it look it looked fun. Uh I still it does tickle me endlessly that it's like Fast and the Furious presents. Like that Yeah. I will never not find that funny. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. But um I look if you want if you want some just dumb action movie fun that's Got got a good little bit of heart to it as well. Um, it's not going to blow your it's socks about off, but family, family. That's it. It's all about family. And I remember and that much. <laughs> it is, and they they lean into that super heavily, and it's a bit of, for, for the better. I think. Um, Would you say that it wears its heart on its sleeve, much like Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Actually, <laughs> wow, wow. It's like it's like dude bro anime. Like, see, that's again. That's what I I hear that it, it's just it's basically anime by the really last couple is. of movies and. and 
if you're going to sell me a, a, like a movie, that's how you do it. Especially if it stars The Rock and it's, Vin Diesel and other people. And Jason Statham. Jason Statham, yeah. It's, fucking, the cast is insane. Uh, and Tony Jaa's in one of them as well. Yeah, well, just, I mean, Hobbs and Shaw has my attention because Idris Elba's in it. I'm like, hello. Fucking, yes. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just, it's so much fun. You'll put it on, you'll have a good couple of hours. You get to see some stuff explode, some cool cars, and some funny one-liners at some points. You get to um, rock, like, punch a missile. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, while I was driving on an ice lake, it's just the best. Um, it knows totally, what it is. Exactly. And I totally get the hype around it now, why people do love these movies so much. And I'm, uh, I'm officially in. Like, in a lot of ways, it almost sounds like another Bond-esque series, essentially. Yeah, especially like the kind of like the, those ones where it was like sort of camp, but not really. Like there are yeah. a couple of moments that are really like, oh, okay, that's cute, but like, <laughs> but still. Um, speaking of cute moments, I also watched Bohemian Rhapsody on the weekend. Um, gearing up for the Oscars verdict. Uh, uh, I liked it. Okay. It was really good. It's fun. Well, it's, it's not entirely fun, but I. <laughs> I don't know. I posted a few tweets about it, which I'll probably bring up later on the, in, the, in the show um, when we, you know, towards I, the end when we when discuss When I, when I read the tweets, stuff. it very much made sense. Yeah. And I uh, and I, I, think I, I completely pro- get where you're coming from. Yeah. Because it started and I was like, there are a couple of parts where like for convenience sake and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, oh, really? Um, and a couple of bits that were like, oh, that's really cute. But uh, was it necessary? Um, but on the whole, like, it's really great. And Rami Malek was awesome. Um so so good and yeah it's it's really great just reminded me how good some of queen songs like reminded me of some queen songs that i hadn't thought about for ages like i'm in love with my car have not thought about that song in years i mean it is funny because there is i mean obviously there's the queen like the track list of queen i think that everyone thinks of is that greatest hit cd Mm. i I think everyone had that cd Oh yeah, absolutely, and it's it's definitely a good greatest hits album. It is, but like it, it's also so easy to forget that they ha- also have a vast library outside of that. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's so much there, and they do lean into a couple of those songs as well um, throughout the movie. Nice, and uh, but yeah, it's really good. Uh, and I also went to an Oscars party last night. Um, that was lots of fun, hosted by uh, Mr. Broderick Gordes from The Hunting Seasons. I wish I know more. Uh, and knew Damasca, more about movies. Damasca to contribute to Oscar discussion, but I was, the only thing I really cheered was for Spider-Man win. Where to go spider Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, like, deserved that. Um, you know, everything's right with the world because that one. Yeah, um, like, I would have been just, I would have been dumbfounded if it had lost somehow. Like, I don't know how it could have lost, but if it had, mm. like, Joel, that movie comes out real soon. Yep, it does. I was talking with uh, Brod oh, last man. night about him getting the 4K copy and uh checking that out on his uh i will very like, very nice tv <laughs> i will plant on his couch when he fires yep. that up <laughs> yep i like i've already i've already blocked it in and i'm like you uh, might have to have an impromptu visit to your house when that comes out and he's like absolutely Jesus, like definitely planned like i'm definitely gonna just get that because i just the xbox one s does it play does it play better resolution than ps4 i can't i don't know I'm not going to go into that discussion because I, I don't remember, know. But yeah. I feel like it does something better. Either way, I'm thinking of watching it on my One S. Oh, that's what it is because my PS4 isn't like it's not 4K because it's a launch PS4. Yeah, and the One yeah. S has a couple of extra. Like it's not 
fully 4K, like not Xbox One X, 4K, HDR, blah, blah, blah. But I think it can at least connect to the 4K part of my TV. It, I think it does like a lesser version of HDR yeah. or something. Yeah, like, so it's it's... That, that's what it is. I knew it was something mm. that, it, again, I'll take any any boost in performance I can get from that yeah, movie because it deserves yeah. it. Oh, yeah. You need to watch that in the best possible setting possibly. Um, um, yeah, that's like, I buy movies so rarely these days, but oh, yeah. like day one, I am buying that movie. Oh, 100%. I'm, I, the last Blu-ray I bought was Infinity War. Same here. <laughs> three months later, they were like, hey, it's on stand. And I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> but it's no regrets. I mean, my, ideally, I do plan on buying those like phase one, two, three collections eventually. Yeah. I just haven't got there yet. <laughs> It'd be good to have, you know. Yeah. Have, like, I'd love to sit my kids down with it when they're old enough and be like, all right. I mean, because that is the thing. The like, with the streaming stuff, granted, it'll change when Disney Plus gets here. But, like, they could disappear from Stan any day now. So. But, I mean, even with this, the, the Disney streaming service, that could be like they used to do with the vaults. They might only have oh, things. Oh, God. They might rotate through things. Oh, Jesus. They might. They used to love doing the vault with the home, rele- uh, home video release. How, so how bullshit the vault stuff was. Oh, yeah. It, it sucked. It was like people scrambling to buy these fucking editions, it, but. It was exactly, really it a brilliant strategy, yeah. But um, yeah, it was dumb. I definitely <laughs> I bought a couple of those damn things, and then this, yeah. as, as soon as I got home, I'd always realize it's like, well, it's not like this is going to go anywhere. They suck yeah. at me. Yep, yep. Uh, it's like I didn't even touche. really enjoy Brother Bear all that much. But <laughs> look, I'll be honest, I didn't get Brother Bear. <laughs> no, no, neither did I. I don't think I've actually seen Brother Bear. I've never honest. seen Brother Bear. Yeah, I remember there was a friend of mine that was like swore by brother bear and I was oh, okay like, gotta watch it you gotta watch it and i'm like all right sure just never did um she also told me to watch tangled though and that was that one paid off i did watch Tangled's that was good. good tangle was great um so yeah karen you said you saw happy a happy death day to you what's yes. uh what's your verdict on it um so it's so it's it's weird because a lot of it does hinge on seeing the first one like my opinions on it i actually i thought the first one was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it yeah and I also, I also enjoyed this one early on, but then then toward, by the point by the time I reached the end of the movie and certain plot things were happening, I was just not feeling it. And then it also had the goal to have this weird, you know, MCU style teaser for what will essentially be the third one. Right. And I don't, I don't That's know. Like, I hear, I hear just, it's setting up a universe. It in is, a way. and it's mm. weird. It's still, I still think the second one's. Good. I think it's still fun. I think the first one's more fun, right? But but yeah, by the end of that movie, I was sort of scratching my head, and then the, the, that teaser started, and I was just sort of ready to check out. Okay. I don't know if I'll check out the third one, but I probably will, just because I think the idea is fun. Well, there. Yeah, so what I hear from people is that like the trailer for two spoils in the entirety of the first movie, basically. Oh, essentially. I mean, yeah. I mean, you don't see this movie if you haven't seen the second one. Yeah, yeah. Mostly no, because I... if if you haven't seen the first one, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that was sort of like, like I chuckled at because I had the context from the first movie to be like, oh, that's, that was pretty good. Like just right. little things like that. Nothing, nothing mind blowing, just moments where you were like, huh, that's right. That, I saw the first one. That is relevant to me. I get it. I I I must admit it's on my list of things to watch. Like I've got I've honestly, got a few other things. Honestly, Joel, like Happy Death Day, like it's fun. It's not really a horror movie. It's just, but it it has some elements of, to like you know from that genre. But it's just also just a fun idea. Yep, yep, awesome. I um, feel like there's been a few of those sort of like 
Groundhog Day style series lately because we have also both finished watching Russian Doll. Oh, Russian which is Doll. Incredible. Russian Doll is I, so good. I cannot One contribute anything intelligently to that discussion, so I will point people to the Hunting Seasons podcast yeah. episode about it, which I and I don't, I don't want to say that I'm always across TV shows, but I finished Russian Doll as like, okay, I, I think I've got a good handle on that. And then just yep. listening to that, and they, were, they pointed out things that they read or seen, and I was just like, I miss that, I miss that, I definitely yep. miss that, and just, yep. good God. The show has the, layers, multiple oh, yeah. watches needed. I was going to say, the general consensus is, because I've also watched um, Ian Hinken, Elise Williams, I on, also on watched the, the spoiler, spoiler mode, mode yeah. um, for on Easy Allies, which is also very good. Um, and yeah, hearing some of their theories and stuff that they'd read as well, I was like, oh, um, yeah, Broad from Hunting Seasons particularly has a very, very interesting theory mm-hmm. about one of the characters in it and i he was does. like yes that makes that makes so much sense it makes so much um, sense it's it's again great. it's an we're not going to spoil anything because it's God, just no. it's just a show that i'm going to say go and watch it it's on netflix mm-hmm. like eight episodes like a, a tight 25 minutes or so per episode so just mm-hmm. so easy to watch i oh, watched man. it in a night i started at like 9 30 at night and i went to bed at like like three in the morning and i was like cool i've watched all of that now <laughs> Great. I've, uh, I've watched the entire series. I split up, split it up across two nights, but yeah, nice. just so good. Um, kind of don't want a season two either, if I'm going to be completely honest. I'm torn because I know that they said they had, had it planned out to be a three-season okay. story. I think that's yeah. what I was hearing. Yeah. And if it's planned out, then I am honestly very curious where things can go after that season one finale. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's um, It wraps I mean, everything it, up nicely. It, it does, but does it? That's the question. Yeah, okay. Yeah, true. There, like, there are. It wraps up one particular part nicely, it, and then there are other things that could be left to the ether. There, yeah, there are things that you can then be like, wait a second, but what about blank? And yeah, like, I'm not going to say that I'm automatically going to, like, this season two is going to be a winner. It could go badly, but I will say that if it is in fact planned out, then I am very interested. Yeah, me too. Me too. But, uh... I think, you know, we should stop trying to cut uh, Hunting Season's lunch. We're coming for you. <laughs> we're coming for you. We're not. We're no, really no, not. We're not. We got we're nothing. so not. We're just I like, nothing. I like that thing. I, I literally, I spent like four good minutes talking about how good the Fast and Furious movies are. <laughs> I don't know how, what my validity is on like TV and film. So um, I stand by it though. But I think it's time we get into the, 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 the bread maker of the show, which is... The breadmaker? The breadwinner? The breadmaker? The breadwinner? That's what I was trying to think of. My brain lapsed. <laughs> it's okay, Joel. I got you back. I so got you back. You. Thank you. Thank you. I felt I had to call it out because I didn't want to, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, you. If you listen to the show before, you know what to expect. Anyway, it's time we checked in with the quest log. Mission completed. Quest log. Our quest log is, of course, uh, what we've been playing segment of the show where we play some games over the week and come back here on the show and talk about our findings, our feelings, our thoughts, impressions, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, and we present them to you to, for your listening pleasure. So I played one thing very briefly because it only came out today uh, and another thing that I've spent most of the last week playing. <laughs> um, what about you? I, I've seen you've been playing some stuff. Uh, um, I've been playing some stuff. Uh, I saw you were playing something that looks like interesting to talk about, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've been playing a game that is quite old, but it's a game that I always forget how much 
how great it really is until I play it again. Okay. And of course, yeah, and I've been playing another game which I it was going cheap at EB, and I decided to just say screw it and pick it up. I'm intrigued, Karen, by your by your your, your offerings this week. So <laughs> lay them on me. Okay, I mean, first up, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it because I feel like I talked about it when I when I also had this moment when it came out on PS4. Okay. Uh, that is, of course, during the latest Nintendo Direct, they had a bunch of news about Final Fantasy releases coming to Switch, accompanied yep. by a shadow drop of Final Fantasy IX. Uh, so I picked it up. Uh, it cost cool. me 30 bucks, and I know that in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, Squares, they're charging you like 10 bucks more. And I was like, shut up, I don't care. <laughs> You're buying into it, man. I'm buying into this Final Fantasy IX. It's the... So... It, much like the PS4 version, I think it's a it's a it's a port of the mobile version, which okay. not a huge deal. There's there are some things that stick out, like when you name your characters, it's a, it's like you know you can pick you can pick your name and down at the bottom it's like max characters blank blank blank, uh, emoticons not allowed. And I was just like, <laughs> oh yeah, emoticons. That's how you know this was for a phone. Yep. <laughs> A little thing, but uh, that certainly stuck out a bit. But <laughs> I mean, for the most part, it's just Final Fantasy IX is still really good. It does have a little music like audio bug that has been persistent in all these versions. Again, it's not a huge issue. Uh, you might notice it if you're really paying attention to the music. But basically, the best description I can give you is um, on the overworld. Generally, in, especially in original Final Fantasy IX, this, the amazing overworld theme just sort of plays. And if you hit a random battle and then conclude it, it'll pick up where it left off. Whereas okay. in these more recent versions, it starts at the start, which uh, okay. when you're running into a lot of battles, kind of sucks. Because first of all, you're hearing this, the same part of a song over and over again. Yeah. And secondly, you don't get to hear just how good that full body of music is. You can turn off encounters, because it does it does have all those all those cheats, basically, from um, yeah. these, these newer versions, where you can there's battle assist, where basically you are immortal, Okay. And constantly in trance mode, where you can use all your special abilities. Uh, there's nine 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 mode, where every ally that you have hits for nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine damage. Jesus, I mean, it's it's so funny. <laughs> uh, I use it for grinding with in combination oh, in, in combination with double speed. Yep. Which basically just again, I still believe that any any JRPG should have that option. So even like new ones. Yes, please. Like, okay. maybe not like especially in battles. Like Persona Five lets you fast forward in battle, and it was, it's just good. True. Any yeah. game, like I feel because, especially for grinding, you know, in grinding, you're like, look, I'm honestly just doing this for the experience. I'm not here to enter some elaborate battle. I'm just going to be mashing attack. Let yeah. me let me kick the speed up. And again, like to be fair, most JRPGs lately have been good about it. Even Persona Five was really good with that too. Persona Five was Mementos. Yeah. Yeah, yes, like so good in Mementos. <laughs> run into enemies and they're like, now we give up. Here's the stuff. Yeah, and you just thing. keep going. It's, I yeah. love that Persona Five does that. Like when you yeah you tear up certain things and you can basically insta kill enemies from behind stuff like yep. that. I yep. really like that. Just JRPGs being more aware of the grind and just sort of respecting my time a little bit better. And again, most of them are doing it now. I just hope it continues going forward because I really like it. Yeah, for sure. And the last one is, yeah, no encounters. So those four options are there. Um, story is so good. Still love this cast of characters, especially Vivi. Like shout out, shout out to Vivi for being probably my, one of my favorite Final Fantasy characters. I think his story is just so compelling. And cool. 
a little bit heartbreaking just the sort of stuff he goes through i literally I, i'm not spoiling it i honestly believe if you if you don't want to play it go read it on the wiki because it's just it's something and i really like it okay uh, but yeah i went again i won't harp on final fantasy 9 too much it came out years and years and years ago and i'm pretty yep. sure i talked about the ps4 version i think S- you did yeah still very good the fact that you can play on the go infinitely better Oh yeah! If you're curious, pick it up. Like I'm honestly going to buy all of these Final Fantasies when they come out. <laughs> <laughs> that does not surprise me, though. I'll, I'll buy them all. I'll probably half finish most of them because they're all like sixty-hour games, and I don't have that much time. But we can pretend and we can dream. Exactly. You can say this time will be different. I'm going to yeah. do it this time. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Yep. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so the other one yeah. I've been playing is sort of. It's not so much. It's it's a. I'm trying to be good. I played the first one in the series, and I've still not finished it to this day. There's mm-hmm. a particular mission in that game that a lot of my friends infamously know that mm-hmm. I have. And I think you've actually brought it up on the show. Before I think as I, well. I probably have. It's mm-hmm. that is Valkyria Chronicles One. Yep. So I have been playing Valkyria Chronicles Four. Cool. It's a game that came out last year, and I was I was I played the demo. I really enjoyed it. But it was just something about the release timing. I think it was maybe in September. Yeah, it was not a good time. That it, it was came out. rough. Yeah. It was near Spider Man. It was near Dragon Quest Eleven. Uh, so it just it just slipped through my slipped through my net. Uh, EB had it like sort of nearly half price this week, and I was just like, screw it. Uh, I've got nothing on this weekend. I'm probably not leaving the house. I'm just going to get Valkyria Chronicles Four. And yeah, so I picked it up, fired it up. What I will say off the gate, off like immediately at the gate, I don't believe it's doing much that different from the first Valkyria Chronicles. Like, okay, I know it's it was. I mean, having said that, it is still refreshing to go back to that art style, which two and three sort of abandoned, right? Because they like so. For, for those who don't know, Valkyria Chronicles Four is a essentially sort of a anime what if take on the world war two scenario presented in just what can only be described as like gorgeous, almost watercolor-esque artwork. Yeah. And it looks so good. Yeah, it does. What I've seen of like what you playing the first one and people yeah. playing four. It, yeah. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. But we have sort of cut scenes and some, like some of the art will just sort of come in like sketched in pencil first and then color in. That's cool. So good. Then, so that was a PS3 game. Then Valkyria Chronicles 2 and 3 were PSP games. And they basically, again, nothing against this art style, because a lot of my favorite games have this, but they essentially went full anime. Like, just full, right. like, ditched the watercolor, I guess because it was too demanding for the PSP. So they were just straight anime games. That's yep. fine. But whenever I look at pictures for those two games, I never sort of had the longing to play it. When I, than when I look at the first one, but thankfully Valkyria Chronicles 4 does return back to that watercolor style, like the the unique art design which won so many hearts with the first game. Right. So it's sort of set around the same time as Valkyria Chronicles 1, definitely in the same war. I think it mm-hmm. might start a bit before the first game. So like it's, it is interesting sort of presenting a different perspective on that same on that war you're you're still fighting against the imperials because of course the imperials are always the bad guys of course yeah <laughs> has to be that way federation exactly. goodies uh <laughs> i just something about following 
a squad, again, it's the same reason that Fire Emblem will always be a weakness of mine. I will always go in on a Fire Emblem. Just following a little a squad of companions through a war is just... There's something about it. And granted, and Fire Emblem is guilty of this too, they will sometimes lean very heavily into some anime-esque filler moments, which at the time, you're sort of like, this doesn't seem feasible. There's a couple of particular ones in Valkyria Chronicles 4. I tweeted about one of them. And uh, when it happened... I was just like, really? We're doing this? We are in the army? And we're doing this right now. To set the scene, basically, you arrive at a town, and you've just, like, you've come off a slog of a fight. You've basically captured a particular imperial point, which is thought to be just impossible to take. And you take it, and it's just, you go to town, you're like, cool, well, you know, we want to go to town, you want to wind down. And your guys are like, well, I'm just going to go buy a bunch of, like, just food. I'm going to buy some bacon, I'm going to get some bread. And then you find out that someone else has already purchased all of it, and you're like, well, what's going on? We just wanted, to, <laughs> just wanted some bacon and some bread. Like, wh- what's up? And it turns out that your rival squad, which is squad F, you are squad E, has actually purchased all of that. And your your two squads decide to have a mock battle in the market square to decide who wins it. And I right. was just the entire time going, sure, like, why not? <laughs> This is like, there's, it's like filler episode. It stuff. is. It's yeah. exact. And I, on one hand, I'm like, this is so dumb. But on the <laughs> other hand, I was, I was, yes, more of this, more of this. Like, we essentially shut down this market square to shoot each other with fake boards. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. And I'll tell you what, I know it's just like, yeah, this is a mock battle. I'm not convinced that my grenadiers were not just shelling the enemy end of the. Like, how is. <laughs> How do you have a fake mortar like this? That thing hit pretty hard and very visibly exploded. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, no, they're fine. It's a, it's a mock. It's fine. Don't worry. I'm like, all right. I think, like, I, I think I killed that person, but all right. It was rubber explosions? Look, I'll do, we'll do anything for bacon. Yeah. Hey, that's, I, look, I, can, I can attest to that. That's yeah. Fine. Like it, bacon is important. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's just one scenario. The story itself is still sort of progressing, but I just... I do like just following these characters through war. Not every character is perfect. For example, there's one character, Raz, who is a shock trooper, essentially like a an assault rifle totem guy. Right. He's a wee bit sexist. And okay. I mean, again, anime, I'm not I'm not gonna say that it's okay, but mm. it happens a lot in anime. The the reason yeah. why it's it's tough is he never he's never really he isn't there's not enough sort of comeuppance for doing it. Like, he gets smacked in the face for one of the instances. Other times, he's always at this sort of, like, backhanded, like, oh, if, if she hears you saying that, and sort of just... And also, he's just a dick. <laughs> There's no repercussions for his actions. Yeah, exactly. Seems. Like, he, right. he he sort of just... I want to say gets well. Because, yeah, like I said, he does get... He does get a copper nice, you know, slap to the face, and plenty of, like scowling and angry comments in in response to any of his comments but it just never feels enough right it doesn't help also but in a lot of again his character is still growing and developing with the with claude who was the leader of the squad and they have okay. a lot of history there's a lot of this is based on history but i don't want to go into because there's, there's a lot of backstory but basically those two start at odds because of something in their past so okay. raz has no interest in listening to anything claude says so okay. in, a, in a lot of combat situations, especially the earlier ones, he basically was just like, nah, I'm just going to charge in here and shoot all these guys. And you're like, can you not do that, though? 
And right, yeah. Then he, you basically save him, and you're, he's like, oh, "Okay, I see now. We're friends." And you're like, "Sweet, everything's good." But then in other encounters, he still it does again. It doesn't actually happen in mission, but there are cutscenes where he's like, "I'm gonna go shoot all these guys now. We've got an advantage." And you're like, "No, please, you're an idiot." Don't okay, now the next mission is us retreating. Why are you like this? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hate me? <laughs> it's like, this could have been resolved so much easier. Yeah. Why yeah. are you in the army? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the rest of the cast is pretty good. I particularly like Kai is the sharpshooter. She's pretty badass. They've got Riley. She is one of the, the mortar users. She's also very clever. Uh, just fun, fun anime war times. Which, you know what, it's such a weird sentence to say, but it's honestly the best way to describe it. I, I guess, and, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. It's, it's not to say that the the, the, ser- the storyline is still, you know, it has its moments of seriousness. Nothing on the level of the first game, which still to this day has one of the most, well, not a huge twist, but it's a gut punch when it happens to a particular character. And it, right. it's just like, wow, that hurt more than I thought it would. Yeah. I haven't had one of those moments yet in this game, but there have been times when I'm like, oh, I could see it. I can see where it might happen. So okay. again, I don't know how far in I am. I think I'm in chapter six or so. I don't know how many chapters are in this game, but uh, I mean, I didn't really talk about the gameplay, did I? Yeah, I guess. Well, what what style of game is it? If you're yeah, not familiar I mean, with Valkyria Chronicles, to call back to Fire Emblem, it's a turn-based strategy game. Uh, again, I think I did talk about the first one, but it's still, it, it's worth mentioning that what sets it apart from other turn-based strategy is the fact that even though you have the map, the battlefield overview and like all your units sort of scattered out and the enemy units, you pick your unit and the camera actually zooms down into third person and you get to actually move through the battlefield and you've got like a little sort of an energy gauge that, that depletes as you run. Uh, right. And yeah, basically your job is, it's not like in Fire Emblem where you're like, go from this square to this square. Like you actually get to control the action and it is... It is really good if that's just, if this is that sort of game that you're into. But extra step is just fun to sort of actually get down on the battlefield, get into like get into the long grass and crawl along your belly yeah. to get that sneak attack on that troop who's not paying attention, or like as a sniper climbing a ladder to get on top of a an actual a tall building and sort of having the lay of the land and picking off guys at the other end of a map. Just lots of little things like that. It just it feels good like taking control of the combat like that. As much as I love Fire Emblem, I do wish it would sort of borrow some elements from this, maybe add in that third-person control element. I don't think it will. I think it's too you, set in its ways, but... Well, here's the thing. Do you, This sounds very similar, and you described this to me uh, on a, as a selling point of Valkyria Chronicles, because it's a game I played, but it sounds very similar to Project Steam, or Codename mm-hmm. Steam, the so Codename- 3DS game. Codename Steam is very much like Valkyria Chronicles. Yeah. And I think it's even made by the Fire Emblem team. So It is. And I don't think it did super well. So do you no. think maybe that's them going, oh, well, people didn't like this style of gameplay, so we're not going to do that anymore? I mean, I would hope not, because I think what let that down wasn't so much how the game played. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, that game's premise was interesting. The setting was sort of, it was definitely unique. And oh, yeah. visually, it actually looked kind of nice, but just something yeah. like nothing really made that game stand out. Uh, so hopefully, that's not why they're not adding it to Fire Emblem. But uh, I think it, yeah. it, 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 sh- it would be a good addition to a Fire Emblem game. It'd make me more interested in playing a Fire Emblem game because I, I really enjoyed Codename Steam. And from what I gather, like 
Valkyria Chronicles sounds great. It but, is very um, good. Yeah. Uh, the other reason why it would be nice if they added it to Fire Emblem, because one of the biggest problems with that series, and it's still an issue from what I've seen of the three houses footage from Nintendo Direct, mm-hmm. the maps just look bland. They just look bland. You know? Yeah. So by actually having you move through them, that it forces them to make them look more interesting. Because Exactly. Like, yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, that's the, again, because the way the map is displayed in Valkyria Chronicles is actually like, like grid map, like actual like landmark based, like building plan esque, rather than actually just like what the what the world looks like. So you get that, yeah. you get that feeling like you're at the war table, sort of moving the units, and then as you pick your unit, it goes down, and you get to, you get to see the world, and it looks so good. Yeah, that's cool. That's really it awesome. Doesn't look too advanced. I think it's running on, if not the same engine as Valkyria Chronicles One. It's not okay. much improved, but it still looks really nice. Well, because the thing, the thing was too, this was a pretty quick turnaround time from announcement to release, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think it was like 12 months or so, maybe? Yeah, it was real quick. And I yeah. do have to say that even though, again, I said earlier, it doesn't feel like it's doing much new. There are some things in it, but I, again, it's been a while since I played the first one, so I don't remember if they were there. Mm-hmm. But it has, just to, to rattle off a few new features, it has the an order system. Again, similar to sort of like CEO abilities from Advanced Wars and Wargroove and all that. Okay where as you progress over a game, you can unlock specific orders that you can use that cost CP, which is like one of your movement like turns. Okay. Uh, and that can be things that can range from like increased attack, uh, heal this unit to stuff like, I've seen the enemy CEOs doing crazy stuff like, oh, my guys can run through fire this turn. I'm like, oh, cool. Are you kidding me? Uh, yep. Awesome. That sucks. I, I put that fire there, so it was a trap to block you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's um, not a problem yes. anymore yeah so again i don't know if that ever came into the first one it's been a long time but it at least feels fresh enough in this the other thing i really like is the ability to so there are certain units that are like commanders sort of like you know main characters basically protagonists yeah okay <laughs> and if you pick one of those from the map uh you can have the option to pick command and if you do that they can actually go to two of your your units and basically group up as a as a death party Oh, cool! So for that for that one turn, as you like, when you move to a spot and fire at someone, like all three of your guys in that group will just unleash hell upon whatever hapless unit you were looking at. So you like double down, basically. Yeah, you. essentially, you're just like cool. I'm going to consolidate these three guys for this one attack to go and kill that commander because he has a lot of health. But if I kill him, like that's it. Yeah, and it's just again, it's just a little feature that's nice, especially again. In situations where there is a unit with a lot of health that you just want to get rid of. Just want to yeah. get rid of, like, say there's a Lancer who can get, who are basically like the um, demolition guys, like RPGs, anti-vehicle stuff. Okay. And if they can get the jump on your tank, you don't want that because your tank is, well, first of all, if your tank blows up, it's game over. So okay, <laughs> keep that yep. thing alive. But yeah, say you want to get rid of those guys. They are a bit more resilient to bullets, especially explosives. So yeah, you just group up a group, a, guy, a bunch of guys and go and shoot them in the face and it's just great. Awesome. Additionally, like if you do line up the uh, the the shot properly, again, I'm not sure if this is an intended feature, because basically once you pull that trigger, they empty their clip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I mean, hey, not very responsible in a war situation, but if you can line up a, two, like two guys with their heads like in a line, just they'll unload their clips into both of them and you can get a two, a two birds, one stone situation and it just feels good. Get a far. I like yeah, it. Yeah, far. I mean, again, a bit wasteful, but... <laughs> make the most of a bad situation like, like imagine imagine going to a war 
where every every time a soldier pulled their trigger, they just unloaded their entire clip. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, fully like emptied the chamber. That's yeah. It wow, seems he... it seems pretty wasteful, but you yes. can you can take advantage of it. Yeah, well, that's it. But uh, honestly, I'm just in a weird way. Even though it doesn't feel that different, there are a couple of little features that refreshing things a little bit. But above okay. all else, I'm just glad that Sega took the chance, put out a new Valkyria Chronicles, took the series back to its roots, and I honestly just want them to be rewarded for it because I want more of this series. <laughs> right? Yeah. Has it done particularly well? It's a good question. I'm not sure if they've if there's any good sale figures out there, let's have a, look, a quick look. Okay. Yeah. No, it definitely sounds like something I'd like to check out. Um, I probably should maybe download that demo and have a look at it, but yeah. Like, so uh, there is a demo available. I think it's on all platforms. And uh, if you, if you finish the demo and decide you want the full game, the progress carries over, which is again, oh, cool. I love it when games do that. That's neat. Um, and it's on the switch as well, isn't it? Yes. That's the, so that's the version I'm playing. Yeah, which also might be a reason for it maybe looking a bit rough visually sometimes, but also okay. I can play it in bed, so who cares? <laughs> it, well, that's it. You know, you can play it just like in weird positions, like lying yeah. bent over the couch. Yeah, like play anywhere. Backwards <laughs> over the couch. Yeah, exactly. Play anywhere. Um, yeah, no, I definitely think I wouldn't mind checking this out. My plate's pretty full, but uh, considering it's a bit of a dead spot at the moment, but yeah, and again, it, it is a bit of a time sink. Um... Yeah. And, but I, yeah, I do honestly, I recommend trying that demo out and just seeing how that feels. Because cool. I do like this game and I like this series and I would like more people to play it. I get if it's not their thing. I get it. Honestly, I do. Yeah. But it's so good. It. We- appa- I'm looking at sales. There's. I can't find any good numbers, but people are thinking it hasn't sold super great. Okay. That's but disappointing. I, I, I guess it's hard to say. We don't know what they're like projection would have been because I think there's a bit of, you know, assets being reused here. So maybe it didn't cost right. super much to make. So, okay. And a yeah. quick turnaround time as well. Yeah, exactly. Like announcement so, to release. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I just, I want to, I mean, I'm, I've done my part now. <laughs> I've supported it. You have. Yeah. Now everyone has to follow your, your example. You're leading by example, Karen. I am. Everyone <laughs> else do it too. Exactly. Uh, have you played anything else this week, Karen? Uh, I'll tell you what, I haven't played much of it. So I'm not going to talk about it too much, but Nintendo were like, hey, Kyron, <laughs> we know how you are with gacha games. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, I, I play a lot of Fire Emblem Heroes and Dragon Ball Legends and Dragon Ball Dokkan Battle. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, now you can also download Dragalia Lost. And I was like, shit. I did say that was out. And I was like, oh, do I, do I dare? So I have downloaded it and I've played a little bit. Again, I didn't yeah. really know much about this game, despite, like, I knew that it was published by Nintendo, created by Sire Games, who, of course, made Grand Blue Fantasy, and that it was a, it was obviously gacha, because it's just, that's how you make money on a free-to-play Ooh. mobile game. Yeah. Uh, um, But the gameplay actually surprised me. It doesn't, okay. I, I assumed it would be like Grand Blue, which is basically a JRPG. Lots of text boxes, and then you have, like, I think turn-based battles, at least it looks like it, and the pictures I've seen. Yep. This one actually feels a bit more like a hack and slash. You're selling me, Kyron. So you move through the area by obviously dragging your finger to sort of indicate the direction your character goes. Tapping on enemies sort of cuts them up. You have specials. You can shapeshift into a dragon. Again, I'm very early on, but it's actually kind of fun. <laughs> okay. I, I uh, actually might... I did say this was out, and I... I 
I think I remember seeing, like, looking into it and seeing that it was kind of a hack and slash, and that made me even more interested. Um, yeah. My question for you, though, is... Yes? As someone who was very disappointed on this show when the Platinum Games announced a mobile game that seems very similar, like a, like a hack and slash action game, probably a gacha as well. Are you a little more open to the idea of that Platinum Games game now? If it still exists, I don't, I haven't actually looked into that in, in recent memory, but. Joel, you know, I had actually forgotten, but yes, I will be the person over here eating his hat. Okay. Because cool. yeah, I, if this is fun, like just imagining anything, like, you know, I don't know if they'll add anything extra to the formula, but just thinking what Platinum could add. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I'm back. I'm back on board. Like I'm yeah. interested. Thank you for reminding me about, about that game. It had it, honestly just fallen out of my head. It just popped into my head because, and remembering the conversation that we had on the show about it as well. Yeah, and, and I was very negative on it. You, you were got not me. a huge fan. Yeah, um, I've been pulled out. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I had to. Uh, no, no. But honestly, I'm glad you did because now I actually want that game to come out. I saw an opportunity. I had to strike. So, um, I, that's from the the number one mobile games defender over here. <laughs> I, had to, I had to fly my flag high when I can. That's look, it's true. It's fair. You got me. Yeah, that's um, it. But yeah, like again, early days. I I don't know if I'll really bring Dragalia Lost back again, but I'm definitely going to plug away at it a bit more. Well, um, you know, maybe I'll have a look at it as well. I might check it out over the, the next week and see what what it's all about. Because you know, I wouldn't mind having something new like that to play on my phone. Um, I've been looking yeah. for something like that. So oh, it's I, nice. I Just it be out. be aware that it as it is a gacha, it mm-hmm. has stamina. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So just, just go into it knowing that, like it okay. has a lot of the trappings of a gacha game. I just have to, you know, play that in between bouts of the other, you know, two games that I'm going to talk about very shortly. So, oh, okay, um, I can do that because they're all on. They're both on the Switch, so I can just Man, switch between how... them. Switch week. Look at us. Yeah. Switch week. I mean, not Switch exclusive. No, but... no, but but I, isn't that something? That's saying more though. Like picking to play yeah. on the Switch. Particularly one of these games, yes, it is very much so. Um, uh, I'll, I'll leave that one for a moment. Um, is there anything else that you played, though, Karen? That's all. That's uh, all for this week. No, that's really it. I'm just sort of, you know, Joel. We say it, we say it every year, mm-hmm. but once again, we are we are gearing up. Don't say it. Don't do it. March is huge. Oh, don't do it to me. Yeah, March is huge in in every aspect of. Things. It is. It, obviously, March is a busy month on top of the games we're getting. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of them, thankfully, is like hack and slash, Devil May Cry. You know, it's sort of come as you are, sort of just chill with it. The, the other, other one, is the complete opposite. Yes. The other one, I'm, I'm excited, but also I'm stressing out daily thinking about yeah. playing that game. Yeah, I'm genuinely scared by that like, game. But Sekiro, I, especially because I haven't gotten Shadows hands on with it twice. at all. Because, yeah. But I'm anyway. so in- I am intimidated. <laughs> Maximum intimid- like ma- mental damage being done to me consistently by that game existing. I was going to say maybe physical damage to controllers as well. we'll yeah, see. physical damage, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that, any honestly, sales on controllers. <laughs> keep an eye out for sales, yeah. yeah. Uh, but honestly, that's really all I've been playing. Uh, what about you, Joel? What do you got lined up? Um, okay, so I'll start with the one that I've played probably the most this week. In fact, not probably, definitely have played the most. Because um, it sort of consumed me a little bit for a while there. Uh, it's a game I've been looking at getting for a long while, and actually had a sale last week, so I decided to swoop on it and uh, pick it up. And that is a little indie game called Moonlighter. Um, we've both sort of been interested in in Moonlighter since it got announced at a Nintendo Direct, I think, an Indies Direct, 
I think it was. Yes, I think year. I think so. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while, and we were like, "Oh, interesting concept." Um, so the the basic concept is you play as a a character Will, who during the day, uh, run well no during the night ventures into these uh dungeons, uh, which these are look, five like dungeon doors have appeared in this town called uh, Rinoka. It's a little commercial village. It's been completely like run out of like business basically like a lot of people have left there there's not much left except for this one particular store which i'll get to shortly oh man (laughs) um and yeah a set of these gates appeared so and they lead to different dungeons uh and lots of the the reason why the town was so popular for a period is that used to bring adventurers in they'd go into the dungeons and keep trying their luck and trying to get as far as they can and and get out with as much loot as they can um but it sort of started to dry up a little bit and people started to get to bored of that situation that whole sort of uh that lifestyle and sort of moved on uh but will sort of dreams uh, of of venturing in there by himself of course he does exactly you know you know it makes sense um but yeah he, he he has you know big dreams of doing it eventually one day he decides to go in there armed with a broom i'm pretty sure when you start Ooh. with and how's that go mm, no not great i mean okay. it, it, it's the tutorial so it, it sort of walks you through a little bit but it gets to a point where you are overrun um, because you and- have a broom yeah, exactly, and you just get overrun with enemies. And um, but yeah, uh, the other side of this game is you know obviously well, the one side is going through these dungeons and and like collecting loot and items and and materials and stuff. But the other side is um, trying to rebuild the town and also run a successful business. So uh, the name Moonlighter of the game obviously means to the fact that this you're, the character you're playing as is going out at night into these dungeons and then during the day runs his store. So, you know, it's a fun plan words, but the name of the store is actually called Moonlighter as well. Um, when does this character sleep? Um, you can actually, so I'll, I'll get to that because you oh, can okay. actually, right, you can cool. actually sleep. Oh, um, nice. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Sorry, there's keep no, going. There's no, there's no like benefit. Oh yeah, there are, but keep, anyway, I'll get you, to it. Yeah, keep going. I, I, I'm sorry, but I was <laughs> like, haha, when do you sleep? But now I know there's a legitimate thing about that. I do want to hear it when there, you get there to is, it. <laughs> there is a sleep function. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so, and during the during the, uh, the day, you can run uh, run a store, and you ha- you start off with like one table. You can put four items on it, uh, and you run everything about it, like right down to the fact of how much like things are going to be sold for. So you have to set the prices on things, uh, and that obviously involves a lot of trial and error, especially when starting the game. It does help you a little bit, and it is very overwhelming. Um, I I suggest reading up some wikis and stuff like that on like strategies and things like that of how to run a store, um, because it does help. Um, it can be a little bit overwhelming at first, um, but once you start getting a feel for how, like a lot of items that you're getting constantly will um will be, you know, selling for, you can sort of adjust accordingly if they're really popular. Because um, the way it works is when people come into the store, they'll walk around, then they'll look at an item, um, and if they decide to buy it, they'll have a reaction, like a like a emoticon essentially, like it will pop up. Um, and if it's got like gold coin eyes, I'm pretty sure that means that like they're like, wow, what a bargain. So you can afford, and it's like in high demand as well, you can afford to bump the price up a little bit on it. Uh, and then if you bump it up too high, they'll get they'll, like an angry face or they'll get a, <laughs> a sad face, but they'll still buy it. They're like, no, I guess I'll buy this because it's, it's the same thing I bought last time I was here. I guess I'll buy this again. Um, so you got to try and rotate your stock and things like that as well and make sure that it, there's something exciting for everyone in there as well. Um, you can also rebuild the town as well. By, uh, you can attract a, an armorer who builds uh, weapons and armor and all that sort of stuff. There's different weapon types that you can use. Everything between a, um, you can take two weapons in at a time. Um, oh, everything from, 
Well, not quite, but like okay. you can switch between. You can okay. switch between right. them. Cool. Yeah. It's fine. It's cool. Um, it's cool. But yeah, so you've got like, you know, uh, your basic sword and shield. There's bow and arrows. There's spears. There's, you know, big, uh, long, heavy swords. Um, I think that's it. And then yeah, all different types of armor as well. Uh, and everything's everything's run on economy. So like you've got to you've got to go into the dungeon to find stuff to put in your store that's going to sell really well, so you can make enough money, so you can buy better armor and better weapons, so you can progress further in the dungeons to unlock the next dungeon. And I, it's this really like it's it's a roguelike, and it but it also has so much progression in it as well. So it's the 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 carrot on the end of the stick is always there. And I, I was going to yeah. ask like. Given the game's in, like how heavily, how much importance it places on the economy, essentially, because that is mm-hmm. you know that is your job. Yeah. Uh, how does it, how does it feel? Like, do you feel like money is like it feels worth it? Like, it takes a while before you start getting like start really okay. making traction. I mean, because that's what you want, really. Yeah, and, and but I guess. It got to a point where I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm enjoying this as much as I wanted to. And I was I was feeling a little bit like, ah, oh, I just feel like I'm not making much progress. And then I sort of hit a point where I, I sort of started to hit my stride and started to really click with the game and all the different mechanics that are at play because there are a lot of different things at play. Um, this is it without even going into how the gameplay works in the dungeons. This is just in the town area. Yeah. Um, so it's like I was trying to like, what should I prioritize first? Should I focus on getting better armor and weapons so that I can progress further in the dungeons to get better items that I can sell and then focus on building the town up or should I focus on getting all these other areas in the town so I can actually when I go into the dungeon and eventually make enough money I can but those are really expensive as well um and then you can up you can enchant weapons and armor as well so if you've got an armor set that like you really like um you can get the next you can obviously make the next level of it but it, it requires the next dungeons like materials from the next dungeon so you, you can't do that until you've gone to that dungeon at certain points and got some of those materials. And then even then they're a lot more expensive. So in the meantime, if you're trying to just make do and get those like little stat buffs, um, you can enchant the weapons as well. That's kind of expensive. Everything is expensive, um, but it makes sense because you are in control of your own cash flow. Yeah, exactly. So, so like, yeah, you have to be willing to take the risks to, to reap the rewards. Yeah, exactly. It'd be pretty boring if everything was like... Re- like fairly cheap or like yeah. middle range priced, but you were just raking hey man, in coin. Being being a small, small business owner is not easy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you can, then you can expand your store as well. So I've done one expansion to it as well. And you can buy different upgrades to the store. Um, you can buy one of the vendors you can unlock actually gives you access to um, like decorations you can put in your store that give you different stat buffs. So like whether mm. it be like customers staying in the store for a lot longer or will wait in line a lot longer oh, while you you're dealing with other things. Store. I love it. Dude, you get, you, it'll, it'll envelop you this, this God game. It's, damn it. Um, I'll be, when, I know, when you, yeah, sorry. So it was on sale and I was looking at it and I was staring at it mm. and I was like, I should really get it. Now I'm sort of kicking myself for not getting it. Yeah, I think next time it's on sale, or even if you just want to like splurge on it, I highly recommend it. But um, even when, when I've done one expansion to my store, but when you do that, you can have um, thieves will come to your store, and so when they walk in, when people walk in the door, they'll they'll sometimes they'll have like a as, kind of like rollercoaster tycoon where you can like zoom in and see what the people are thinking. They're like, oh, I think this place doesn't have enough trash cans, or I'm looking for a hot dog place, or I'm looking for somewhere I can buy a drink. Similar sort of thing. They'll come into the store yeah. sometimes and they'll have like a 
you know, they might have like weapons and armor. They're, they're looking for weapons and armor. Um, and if you haven't got anything there, they might not be as interested or they might buy some materials that they can use to maybe make their own or something like that. Uh, sometimes uh, like people will come into the store and they'll have like a little burglar's mask. Uh, and they're the ones you want to keep an eye on because those motherfuckers are going to try and steal from you. Can you fight them? What happens is, so like I, what I always do is I don't stand behind the counter. I stand halfway out in the store so i'm ready to strike if that Jolly. happens Dude, you get got, it this, this is how you do this <laughs> i got my strats man like I, i've spent a lot of time with this game already um and again i haven't even got to the dungeon stuff but uh and then eventually like they'll walk around the store and they'll look sketchy i've seen two different variations of character model of people but it's generally always those character models are the ones that are going to steal so if you do see them come into your store you can be like after a while you start to recognize them you're like fucking on to you um, and then eventually they'll they'll nick something and start to run away, and it'll pop up with um, a ZR button prompt. So if you're close enough, it, that's for dodge roll. So oh, um, yes. so you dodge roll into them and and knock them over, and then they walk out, they run out of the store, and you can get your item back. But if you don't tackle them in time, they get away with it. So they steal from you, and you might lose something really expensive. So um, the store setup I've got at the moment, I've got two tables, and so one of the strategies I read was by putting the more expensive stuff at the top. Um, which is closer to the counter, so you can still serve customers and like. Because what happens is, if a customer wants to buy something, they'll pick it up, they'll go to the counter, and they'll wait in line. But I yeah. think if you take too long, they'll just walk off with it. So they're not stealing. They're just like, well, fuck it, I, he didn't serve me, so I'm going. Um, so you've got to make sure that you're over there, hit the A button, so you can make the sale and make the coin. Um, so if you have all your expensive stuff at the back, they have to travel further, and they've also got further to travel to the door. So you've got more time to run after them, basically. Mm. Um, so that's the, the basics of the store that I've encountered so far. There's a lot more that goes on there as well that you can you can get into um, that I haven't unlocked yet because it costs money. So you've got to <laughs> you've got to make more money to try and build up your store. Um, so that that was level one expansion that I've got. There's I think four that I can tell. And with each level, you can level up certain parts of the area. Like you can, I think you can level up like your cash register. So like customers will give you more tips. Um, they'll like, they'll, they'll throw in a couple of extra coin after like buying something. Cause they're like, Hey, you did a good job. Um, or you had what I was looking for at the back of the store is like your living quarters. And you've got, uh, at the moment I've got three chests, uh, and you can upgrade the storage size of one of the chests as well. So you can hold more things. Um, that's the, when you come back for your runs, you just throw your stuff in there. But there's cool. also the bed. The bed. So you're, you were talking about like the, oh, the, the sleeping, sleeping mechanic. Yes. So it's it's set. Um, it it's explained very early on in the game that if you go into the dungeons at night, the enemies are a little bit tougher, but it's better rewards. You're going to get better stuff and more more quantities of good stuff that you can bring back to your store and sell. So obviously, you want to go to bed. Um, you you want to go into the dungeons at night time, and also with the store, you can't open it overnight because everything shuts up at night. Makes sense. Exactly. So you can only sell stuff during the day. So you can go and do a few runs into the dungeon, and it could even go into the day as well, and then come back and you're like, all right, it's daytime. I'll open the doors of the store and I'll do a full day of of trade, or you can, uh, which I which I started doing, which is just doing run after run after run after run, and like dumping stuff each time after I'd either have a successful run or. Um, or, or unsuccessful, but like, <laughs> what, what are not... the penalties for, for like, is there a penalty for getting knocked out in dungeons? So basically the way that your inventory works while you're in the dungeon is that there's the top, it's, I think it's like 16 squares basically. Yep. 
the top row is what you're carrying on your person. And then everything below that is in your bag. When you die in the dungeons, everything in your bag gets lost, but you uh, hold on to the stuff that's in the top row. So if Can you, it, you move stuff around? Absolutely. And that's uh, part of inventory management cool. is a big part of this as well. Very common um, spark joy. Exactly. You know, what's, what's going to spark joy or bring more coin into your house? Um, <laughs> so in the dungeons, it's basically like top-down Zelda, like old-school Zelda. You go from floor to like, like room to room. Very basic dungeons, a bit of a Binding of Isaac feel the way it's like presented. Um, I sort of had flashbacks to that while I was playing it. Um, but you've got like your weapons you, you've equipped. You can get health potions and stuff as well. You can buy in town, but you can find them in the dungeons. Um, there are secrets in the dungeons that I've just started discovering as well. Uh, but when you start playing through the dungeons, you start to get items. Uh, like, but not consistently, but there's like two particular items that you'll get. Uh, the first one you get is a basically a hearthstone. Yep. Okay. So if you're like pretty deep into a dungeon, but you're getting you're on your last legs and there's no no way of healing or anything like that around you, you can bounce out mid battle or even just outside a room. You can bounce out. That costs you so, though. Yeah. So it's a town portal. Basically, it costs you though. So it it gets taken out of your coin. Oh, okay. So and in does the it first- cost more if you're further in? Exactly. So the first dungeon, it costs $300, like 300 gold to bounce out, which is not too bad. Uh, the second one I'm in at the moment, I think it's up to like 1200 But obviously you're making more coin by that point because you're getting better stuff. So it sort of balances out a little bit like that as well. Um, there's another one. You, The next one you find after that is a, I think it's called, a, it's like a mirror thing, uh, some sort of mirror. Um, I think it's called the Merchant's Mirror. And basically if you're in the middle of a dungeon and you filled up your inventory, you're like, fuck. Oh, but that character I just that 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 you know enemy I just beat like dropped some really good shit. I can, and I, but I can't pick it up. You can go through and like once you start realizing what people want in the town and how much it's selling for and what's going to be more valuable to you, um, you can like find the more um, like invaluable stuff and just take that and pop it in the the merchant's mirror and it instantly gives you coin. It's a lot more a lot less oh, than what you would get okay. if you try to sell it in the store. So that's where you would put the stuff. It's not. All your trash, well, I guess. Yeah, yeah. okay. Cool. All your trash. Yeah, nice. so you can like go through that and then like cycle through all your inventory, which again, where the inventory management comes into play. Um, and then the third one you find is very much like the town portal, but it's a permanent one for one use. It costs a lot more to use of coin, but you can bounce out and it will leave an open portal in town that you can go back to where you left off in there. So if you're like doing pretty well and you've got a whole bunch of stuff that you want to dump, you can, you know, and you're doing pretty well money-wise, you can use that and pay, you know, a premium price. Pay the, pay, pay the, uh, the iron price. No, was it? The gold price. Gold get price. out. Um, dump your stuff in, in, in the store and then go back through that portal with like a completely empty stash and um, ready to roll and face the next you know, onslaught of enemies and get some better loot. Um, I haven't used that one as much. I just, I don't know why. I just don't feel like it's been super necessary. I mean, are there, so here's, here's my my big burning question for these dungeons. Okay. Are there bosses? Yes. Okay, so good. The way that they work is like each of the dungeons. So the only I've only been to two of them so far. So I've been to the first one, which is like, uh, like a typical like rocky kind of, you know, basic dungeon cave sort of thing. Yeah, you, you, you know, your basic dungeon. Yeah, I, I, I get you. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> your basic and dungeon. The second one's like a, a forest. So it's like, it's all oh, like nice. 
wood and uh, and uh, leaf based enemies and obviously the, items as well. I was just going to say, how's the en- enemy variety feel? Is that good? I mean, there is a fair, there's a bit of enemy variety, um, but I think it's good that they, with the amount that they've got, that it's not too much because you can go in there because this game is obviously all about grinding and you don't want to be grinding True. up against too new many uh, enemies. But each of those dungeons has like um, a series of floors. I think it's four floors. Yep. So basically you go through the first floor, you can clear out all the, the doors, but uh, if you come across like a healing pool, that means that you're close to the boss room of that floor. So ah. you can heal up there and keep going, or you can go and clear off all the other rooms and things like that as well. Uh, and then when you get to the boss room, it's usually like, so for the, for instance, I think the first one was like a giant rock monster or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I know the second one was a big tree. Um, and so you beat it, you, you fight it and you can beat it and it opens up, you know, the doorway to the next one. You go into the next one, you can do the same thing all over again. You go through, there's some slightly different enemies. There might be some different things in there as well. Then you'll get to that same boss again, essentially, but it's got a different like attack pattern or some more attacks. And obviously it's a lot stronger. So, uh, and then once you get past that, you get to, I think after that, I think you can get to the final boss, basically part. You can enter the final boss room and then you get into the, what like after the third floor, you can enter the fourth floor, which is the final boss room. Uh, And then it's like a, like a, basically a deformed mutated version of whatever you like, an even more like greater version of what you've been fighting. Um, with crazy attack patterns, and it's like that's a legitimate boss. So the other ones are like mid bosses. This bosses, one's like yeah. a legit, okay. legitimate boss. So it's structured pretty well. Um, and then once you obviously once you've beaten that boss narratively, because there is a whole storyline going through it as well, where you, you, I think your grandfather's telling you not to do it because you know I think your your father went and did it and he got lost and all that sort of stuff. So there's, there is a, a, a narrative going on through this as well where. Um, once you beat like one of those bosses for the first time, you get like a key for the next dungeon. And then you can go back. When you go back, you can go, all right, cool. Well, now I'm just going to start on dungeon two because I want to get some better shit. Or I'm going to go back through one and just like roll through it and get a whole bunch of cool stuff um, and go from there to, to sell in my store, depending on what people want in the town. So mm-hmm. it's just, man, it's just in, in, engulfed me. Like I, I really enjoy, enjoyed what I played of it. Um, which is quite a lot, uh, but I, again, I'm only still like two dungeons. Um, but that's just because I'm sort of you know trying to unlock as many things as I can and get a, a bunch of new weapons and things like that and try out which weapons are good. Um, you can find weapons in the dungeons as well, which is cool. Nice. Um, sometimes you'll see it like a skeleton on the ground, and if you hit the skeleton, it'll, it'll either drop like health potions or like gear that might be better or worse than what you've got, but it might be that's how I found out about using, like, I, I got my first spear that way, I think. And ah. I was like, cool, the spear's great. I've got a lot of range on this, but it only is in one direction. Whereas if I have a sword and shield, I've got a long sweep. Like, you know, I've got a sweeping action. Yeah, like your Zelda style, um, 2D Zelda. Exactly. And then if you're, I'm using the big sword, my movement speed's down, but also, and my like, my attack speed's a lot slower, but... I do a lot more damage and I've got a, like a wider arc. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's basically how the dungeons work. So what I've seen so far, um, it's hard, It's but it's supposed to be. So it's that risk reward thing of like, ah, mm, do I go one more floor or do I go back with what I've got now? Or do I try and how do I, what should I do here? Uh, and it's fucked me over quite a few times because I've gotten too greedy. Um, but yeah, I, it's a lot of fun. 
Uh, it's by, uh, what was the name of the studios that did it? Give me one second here. It's published by 11-Bit, uh, and it's by Digital Sun. Uh, the animation on the, because it's all sprite-based as well, it's all like pixel art, but like a really nice detailed pixel art. Um, and the animations are some of the most fluid I've seen in pixel art. It's so, very much like uh, Dead Cells, in a way. Nice. You know how everything was like very fluid, there wasn't like... Yeah you know, stop motion movements of, of like what you would imagine from a pixel art game. It was like, yeah. you know, it was just it was a skin over it. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, highly recommend it. God, it's oh, this game sounds really good. Yeah. I, I, I think you'd really dig it. Damn man. it. I think you'd really dig it again. It's a roguelike, but there is a constant stream of progression there. That's tied to the roguelike elements to it. Um, which is, it seems to me that's what you would like it, out of roguelike I like, games. I like progression in my roguelikes. I, I respect for ones that are sort of like have have a go and to see what happens and mm-hmm. you know that's fun but yeah Gungeon and like, yes yeah Gungeon is that um, <laughs> yeah if there's if there's a good sense of progress through it like sort of weaved in throughout then you are much more likely to hold my attention yeah and then there's the whole like running the store element of things where you've got yeah, to try see, that's and... the part I'm so keen on <laughs> yeah and that, well, I, honestly I, I got wrapped up in that like I I would go into the dungeon and do like four or five runs in a row and then bring my stuff back if I was successful on each of those runs um, and then dump it. And then I have like three full chests of stuff and then I go, all right, cool. Set out what I want for the night um, uh, during the night, go to bed, wake up, open the door. And I just do like three or four days straight until my inventories were empty. Um, the other thing is like the, the, the materials you use, you obviously you can sell them, but they are to be used for like crafting the weapons and armor as well. So you've got to manage that as well so it's really cool you can go when you go to the blacksmith you can wish list stuff and go all right i want to i want to make this new like chess piece that's uh, that's what i want to work towards uh and when you get items in your bag or the chest back at um at the store uh it has like a star on it that's like hey this is what you need for that particular armor set you're doing or you need this for something that you've got on your wish list so that's really cool so you can keep tabs on those and go, all right, cool. I'm not going to sell as many of those because I need a specific amount to make that armor set that I want once I've got enough money. But this other stuff over here that's not related to anything that I want to make and people seem to be really into it, I maybe I'll jack the price up just a little bit on it and see how much I can get for it. Um, I don't know. I just started getting to like this like zoned out, like, like in the zone, like trance state of like just flicking between tables and stuff like that. I wish it was an easier way to manage the tables it just, but obviously i think that's part of it so it just reminds me of like again i'm not sure, i don't know if you really got into it but man like harvest moon but especially stardew valley just like yeah season starts and you've got your you're like cool i know i want to buy x amount of all these seeds to have a successful like um crop for this season mm-hmm. just like planning out that stuff is just it's great well, I started using the um, the Merchant's Mirror in the actual dungeons to see how much things were worth. And I'm like, oh, wow, I yeah. sold that and it was worth like 230 gold for the, the four of those that I sold. Um, and you can like decide how many you want to put out at a time as well. So if it's something you want to sell, because that's what's been biting me in the ass and I've been learning as well, is that I'll get like a stack of stuff. So I've got like five of this one item that's worth like 200 each and I'll put it on sale. I'll put it on uh, out for sale and people won't buy it because it's there's five of them and it's worth 200 each. So to buy that, you have to buy that whole bundle. So it's a thousand gold and someone will be like, nah, fuck that. I'm not paying that. But if you take two out of that five and put it on sale, 
And they're like, 400 bucks? Yeah, cool. I'll get that. So it's all about like nice. how much to put out, how much it's going to sell for. It's very in-depth. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. Um, and you, you, you will need to read some stuff that like, you know, that people who are much more experienced in the game. Um, I, I, I would recommend it anyway. You might not need, it might just click for you, but. I definitely had to because I'm a bit of a next dummy. Time, so. Next time I've got like a decent window of time, like maybe there's a, a week or two of there's no games coming out, I think mm-hmm. I might just take the plunge on this because it sounds really good. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, I'm sort of, I'm not done with it, but like I'm I'm, I'm happy to leave it where it is for now. But Yeah, like um, this, that's that's how I sort of get with Roguelikes. I'll be like, cool. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. seen what I'm going to see. I'll come back to it. I, I, I've yeah. got more that, that I want to do with it. So um, I want to see how far the game goes, basically. Um, but yeah, it's really, really cool. I really like it. Um, and the other thing I've been playing this week, uh, well today, actually, I played a little bit on the weekend cause I played the open beta for it, but I had to stop myself cause it was really good. And I'm like, the game comes out in four days, so I don't want to blow my load on it too much. Um, but that is Trials Rising from Red Links, uh, now owned by, I think owned by Ubisoft. I'm pretty sure they work. I they think work for so. them now. I think they're like Red Links, but also Ubisoft Kiev. I like the same thing, um, or together. They both get credit at the start, but, uh, now I've loved the trial series for a long time. I got into it because of Achievement Hunter and Jack Patillo used to play it a lot. And they used to do like trials files and, and talk about it. And I was like, this game looks really cool. And I remember playing Trials Evolution, uh, on my laptop with the keyboard. Uh, oh. yeah, I played a lot of it keyboard. Um, so I started getting pretty good at it, playing it that way. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then Trials Rising came, uh, Trials Fusion came out. And I didn't get into that one as much. Um, I don't know why. I just, um, I mean, I think I actually do know why. And it will lead me into Trials Rising, but, uh, and why I bought it on the platform that I bought it on. But I bought Trials Fusion for PS4 and I'd play it. And I was like, this is really good. It feels really nice. It's more Trials. It got real crazy um, with its setting and all that sort of stuff. And I was kind of into that. Trials Rising's out now. It's back to basics, pretty much. I don't think you can do tricks or anything like that now. It's just, like, straight up, like, up. They're basically puzzles games. They are. Um, I, honestly, I classify the Trials series as, like, puzzle platformers. Yeah, they are. Uh, but the the instead of being, like, a, a little plumber or a blue uh, hedgehog, you're a dude riding a motorbike. Um, and it's actually based off a sport. Like, the, the Trials Riding is actually a thing that people do in real life and it's fucking insane if you've never seen people do it in real life look up like motorbike uh, motocross trials and things like that it will like people climbing up rock faces on like motorbikes it's fucking it's bonkers um but that's where this game sort of started it started i think they started as like flash games um that's how red links and they started moving into like making a full-fledged one i think it was they were heavily involved in um like ID at Xbox when it first kicked off, because I know it was very, very much linked to like Xbox and Microsoft. Yeah, that's where Trials sort of got to start. Mm. And then, um, yeah, from there they got picked up by Ubisoft, and from then on they've had some of my favorite moments at E3, because um, the guys from from Red Links are just insane, um, and I love them. I do. But- I did remember their bit at E3, and it was. It was good. Oh yeah, it's great. And there's actually a um, a I think it's a launch trailer out that's the same sort of thing in in a launch trailer. It's a cut between like gameplay footage and stuff like that, and explaining nice. what the game is. It's really good. I highly recommend watching it. It's really funny. Um, and it's that same guy too, the guy that looks like Jack Patillo. Um, like falling always through. Con- always doors confuses and stuff. me. 
Yeah, I know, right? Which because he, he's such a big fan. I actually, actually think yeah, because Jack, we know Jack plays a lot of trials. He does, and I think he actually helped out on this game because they did use a lot of community members and like from the trials community to um give their input and help make this game. And that I think that's why they sort of gone back to basics a little bit with it. Um, what I will say for anyone who hasn't played Trials that you felt like you wanted to, but it seemed, always seemed a little bit too too much. This one has a very extensive tutorial thing called University of Trials, uh, and you unlock more of it as you level up. So it teaches you the basics, which is Trials 101. It's like, you know, leaning right, the left and right, like move, shifting your weight on the bike, um, like controlling your, um, your throttle and like acceleration. So you can, and using that to get a better flow and, and it's really, really cool. It has like a video section at the start of each one that sort of will walk you through. And there's like, um, I can't remember. I think, I think it's professor fat shady is like walk you through. Who's mm-hmm. I think one of the community members as well, like walks you is, through, yeah. uh, walks you through like how to play trials. And it's really quite helpful if, for someone like me, I'm not saying that I'm good at trials, I'm not amazing at it, but I really enjoy it. Uh, I sort of just sort of blindly bluff my way through it. But yeah, it's got a, a really great uh, and accessible tutorial system that you can come back to. Um, so I'm the the point I'm at at the moment is I've got I've finished Trials 101 and I'm onto my like my different diplomas at the University of Trials. I can't wait for you to graduate with like a master in trials. Masters in trials, yeah, cool. I I, I hope I get to that point. Um, Master of Motorbikeology. <laughs> yep, sure. Motor, motorbike. Yeah, I'll take it. Come on, I'll take it. Look, just take your damn degree, okay? Jesus. It works. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, it's it's classic trials. It's crazy, like ramps and jumps, and some of the levels are really impressive, like things going on in the background and foreground, or well, stuff that will come from the background well, into the foreground. I remember how crazy some of the stages got in Fusion, so I'm not too surprised to hear that. It's not as insane as Fusion. It's a little bit more grounded because it's set across the world. Like the, the the level select is like a world map, and there's different spots around the world. Um, oh, okay. So it's not like crazy future stuff uh, anymore, unfortunately. It's fine. Like Sometimes it, it pays to strip back. Yeah, I think I actually, I'm enjoying it a lot more. I don't know whether it was because I'd normally like future stuff. But I don't know whether it was because that turned me off. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know what, Fusion, what it was. Fusion got intense real quick. It did. Um, but I think the thing that actually made me want to play, like, that is making me more excited to dive back into it and getting me excited to play more is the fact that this is now on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, so magical element of portability. Exactly. Because like I said before, when I was playing Trials Evolution, I was playing on my laptop. So I was able to still have stuff on the TV, like watching a podcast or having a TV show that I've watched a thousand times before, just on in the background. I was able to do that and play it. And I'm more inclined to play a game like this if I can do that. And that's why I was excited to buy this on the Switch. <clears throat> so I guess, how does it run on the Switch? Because this is a pretty physics-based game as well um physics heavy game and they, they usually look pretty damn good they put a lot of effort and time and effort into the the visual presentation of these games and it runs really well i've nice. only played it i've only played it in handheld mode it a couple of status here and there but i'm like it's a fucking trials game like running on a handheld console that's cool um i haven't yeah, tried look, I'm, in, I'm always way more lenient when it comes to running anything on that thing because look at the size of it yeah absolutely like it's it's insane that some of the games that aren't running on it could run on it. 
And it's never been a point where it's like, oh, I fucked up that run because of lag. Like, it was never that. It was like in the yeah. air and it just goes, up, oh, started for a second and then I'm back into it. Like, it wasn't, it never was uh, detrimental to my gameplay. Um, I would yet. be curious to hear how it runs in TV mode, though. Yeah, I, I, I might, once we finish recording tonight, I'll probably play a little bit before I go to bed. So I might chuck it on the TV and see how it runs. Um, the other cool thing about it is uh, there's uh, a full track editor, which is the track editor that they use to make the game. So it's included with the game. So you yeah, can Don, you, Don from Easy Eyes is going to have fun with that. Yeah, I'm excited to see them uh, to stuff around with it and maybe like find out what the name of his levels are and play through some of them as well. Um, because I'm not big on making my own levels, but the fact of the matter is, there's I think 75 or 80 tracks included with the game, and then you've got the track editor and the community. There'd so be can... infinite possibilities. Exactly. It's the Mario Maker thing, the school of thought. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to download a whole bunch of those and keep playing. Uh, the gold edition, because I bought it physically. So if you buy it physically, it is the gold edition uh, at full price. I think it's like 60 bucks. I got it for 49 for Big W. I'm cheapskate. But... Bargain. Uh, but yeah, bargain. Uh, it comes with the DLC. It comes with the... Um, well, it doesn't come I with like it, that. but it comes with the season pass. So uh, this. Yeah. So it's, it's silly. It's a, it is a silly thing, but like it's a little. Again, I guess not every game has this luxury, but considering that it was always going to be more expensive to buy a physical copy, it is nice for them to offset that extra cost by throwing in the season pass mm, and a sticker book as well. It's got like a little art sure. sticker art book. Sticker it's, book. <laughs> it's no, it's actually pretty cool. It's got like some of the actual stickers from the game which I'll get to that in a second, but like some of the stickers from the game that you can customize your characters and bikes with as well are actually in this book because they've been designed by people that were really proud of them. So they made a sticker book and instead of having like an art book, that's just an art book, it's stickers. So you can put it on stuff, um, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, But I did mention there were stickers and customization and all that sort of stuff. So there are loot boxes in this game. Ooh, okay. now now you get one every time you level up yeah and they are only cosmetic stuff yes so um i think you can buy them there's two different types of currency you can use um i haven't you can also buy items outright as well with gold so you can wait so to it's, see if it's, com- it's the overwatch approach it is yes um but like everything's on the table it's not like you know there are some things that are completely locked out. There are some things that were like, I can't, I have to progress to unlock this thing. And I think that means I get it once I finish certain conditions in the game. Um, but yeah, there are loot boxes. I mean, I got, I got so many already. I'm like, I think I'm up to like level 19. Like, cause you level up pretty quickly. Like basically in the first early starting of the game, you finish a race and you, you get a gold medal on it. You get a level. <laughs> so here's the thing. And okay. So you you say you get them pretty you've been getting them pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then why why sell them? I mean, some people just don't want to. Some people like like to do that and just open loot boxes, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And, and probably I mean, that's obviously going to dry up when leveling up starts to become a little bit more harder. But it's only just cosmetic shit, and I got a whole bunch of cool I stuff know. from the the club ubisoft stuff that because i've got so many coins racked up in there so i just Man, went what? through and bought all the shit from there which i got another three loot boxes from that Jesus. and then and then i got uh trials of the blood dragon helmet because i played blood dragon and i got a trials fusion uh helmet uh because i played that 
and it was linked to my account. So because I played both of those, I got extra items. But yeah. Um, you know what? I shouldn't be surprised. Like since they are now a part of Ubisoft, microtransactions were always going to be here. Yeah. And I didn't go to the store and look into how much they are, but I think like the, the premium currency is called Acorns. Um, I don't know if there's any other way you can get them. I don't know. But... Okay. All look, right. The point of the matter is you can play the game and ignore that completely because it is purely cosmetic. But if you want to get into the Wii... And you do get a lot of stuff from leveling up anyway, like and completing conditions like missions and things like that. You get stickers and things like that. You can customize your characters and all that kind of business with as well. So um, it's not... It's not a be all end all but they are there if that is something that bothers you and you're trying to make a stand on something like that they are there but i mean they are there to get the people who can't help themselves exactly uh, and i'm prey upon their bank accounts i'm not like it's not like overwatch where there are skins about character with characters that i care about it's stickers for a bike and helmets and clothing like that doesn't doesn't get my get my jollies off or anything like hey, that man things could change in the future there could be events I mean, yeah, look, if there are events, I, but even still, like, it's not, I'll try and earn them legitimately. And if I can't, then I'll just be like, oh, well, too bad. I've still got the game and the game is really good. It plays really well. It's really responsive. Um, but yeah, I, I, I might touch back on it next week because I'm going to play a lot of it this week. Uh, I could already tell. Um, I just, I, all I'm thinking about is playing trials now. I'm like, oh, I want to play some more. Um, well, you have to wait, Joel. I do have to wait. But apart from that, uh, I played a little bit more Guacamelee too. I'm just doing some like mop-up stuff before Endgame at the moment. So um, that's really hard. I'm having some issues with the controls. Um, I don't know whether it's input lag or anything like that. I don't want to be that guy that's like, what's the controller? But I don't know. There's been some times where I'm like, I did that particular combination and it didn't fucking work and it's really annoyed me. But... I mean, speaking of like input delay, I, I didn't mention, but I have been playing some Tetris 99 and playing that thing on the pro controller can just get stuffed. Oh, really? I've heard people love it on the pro controller. The D-pad sucks. Oh. I don't like it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I I need to play a bit more Tetris 99. That's good. But, it is um, the best battle royale I've played. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yes. Um, I think the highest I got is like sixth and it was like my second nice. run. Yeah, I think was, I've managed to crack top five like once or twice. Yeah, maybe. I, I, that's the only time. Every other time it was like twentieth or something. I'm like, yeah, that's about I mean, right. The the basically the game's got two modes. Like either you're out like very early or you're there for a while. Oh yeah, yeah, and stressed out of your fucking mind. Yeah, just like sweating bullets. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I played this week, Karen. Nice, lovely. Well, it's time to keep this episode rolling and check in with everyone's favorite news podcast game segment, Dope or Nope. Dope or Nope. Dope or Nope is our news segment of the show where we uh, bring some new stories to the table, but we do it in a bit of a fun way. So the way we like to deal with things here is uh, we each bring new stories to the table. We don't tell each other what we're bringing, really. Um, we like to keep it a little bit of a surprise. Uh, and then we decide collectively if it is a dope story in which we talk about it in great detail, or if it's a nope story and we forget about it and move on, forget it existed. 
Uh, if one of us dopes the story and one of us nopes the story, uh, we take the person who doped the story gets a very small amount of time to talk about the story and uh, state their case for it. Uh, yeah, so I've got a I've got a bunch this week. It's just a whole bunch of like some of them are headlines, but some of them are <laughs> some of them are kind of fun. Um, yeah, I've got like five or so. But uh, would you like me to kick things off? Take it away, Joel. Okay. Well, I'm going to start off with something. <laughs> Uh, that I saw that I couldn't help but bring to the table. Um, and that is, of course, uh, Norwich's uh, Fortnite Live Festival was a complete disaster. Oh, God. Yes. What do you say, Kyron? Um, I'm struggling here. <laughs> yeah. It won't take long. I Trust me, it'll be worth your while. Are you trying to, are you trying to like... Trying to I'm just con- saying... Trying to like drag a dope out of me, are you? I'm just, I'm just saying, it's pretty funny. All right, since since you've said it's pretty funny, I'm gonna give you the dope. Okay, so you better, de- you better deliver on the humor. Okay, I, I highly recommend. I'm gonna send this article to you actually later, and um, so you can actually see some of the pictures. But I highly recommend looking this up. Um, but there was a festival that was designed. This is over on uh, Eurogamer from Tom Phillips. Uh, a festival designed to recreate Fortnite on the outskirts of Norwich has oh, no. somewhat predictably not lived up to expectations. So basically, uh, the organisers uh, sold uh, 2,500 tickets to kids and parents. Um, they cost anywhere from uh, between £12 and then unlimited access wristbands for a further £20. Okay. So, what, yeah. they, got, what they got for their hard-earned money was uh, a few fairground attractions. Um, so photos from the event here, uh, show a climbing wall for three people, archery for four (laughs) people and four go-karts. What? And here's the piste de resistance, the, my favorite part of it. An attraction dubbed a cave experience was a truck trailer with a tarp over it. (laughs) Oh, oh no. Yeah. So, um, and then there was an indoors area where you could actually play Fortnite as well. Um, is this like the video game equivalent of a fire festival? <laughs> yeah, or it reminded me a little bit of um, what was the 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 tumbler um the tumbler party with a ball pit the tumbler con yeah I can't remember what it was called yeah it was it was like tumbler con or something where they had the ball pit yeah Infamous. yeah um yeah it like man some, the photos is ever it looks so miserable it looks like a shitty school camp. <laughs> it's just oh, bad. No, that's a and disaster. That's, so that's the thing, like. People line, had to line up to get into the event to start, and they lined up for hours to get in. Yeah, and it was Fortnite because there were staff shortages as well. Um, then once they got in there, there was people you had to line up for all the um, all the stuff in there as well because they had a climbing wall for three people and archery for four people, and it's just out in a paddock and a shed. Like it's just. Um, Jesus, yeah, it's not great. That's it's not miserable. Great. Some of the some of the the pull quotes they got from people who attended from like uh, from BBC News and the Guardian is uh, Fortnite is all about hunting people down and killing them. I felt like doing that to the people who organised it. Um, oh, and and wow. uh, yeah, of course, in a in a shock twist, Epic Games had nothing to do with this. Um, this was not endorsed by them or anything like that. Uh, but they still went ahead and used Fortnite branding all over the place as well. Jesus. So this seems like a bit of a uh, sucker scheme to get a whole bunch of people out of their money and get their kids to be like, I want to go, I, mean, I want to go. 
It sounds like it worked. Mm. And there was like a little, there's like a dance stage set up as well where you can go and like stand up on there and dance. Oh, do and the do, emotes. do the, do the dances yep. that they stole from everyone. Yep. So, um, yeah, kind of not in the spirit of free to play. Like, wow. uh, wowee. Yeah. So not a whole lot to that one, but I just, I, it popped up. A, this was a couple of weeks ago. It popped up when we had a bit of a break and, um, I couldn't help myself. It was, it just made me laugh a little bit and it just looks like a disaster. Um, and the fact that they charge so much for it as well. Um, cause I think, yeah, if you entered the, if you entered with just like a normal ticket, you had to buy tokens for the activities once you were in there, uh, or shell out the 20 pounds for the unlimited wristband. Um, Jeez. I think, I, I think the idea, like they had a, it's a, it's a good idea to have something like this, like a, a fun, especially marketed at kids where you have that sort of stuff, but man, like you got to be able to back that shit up. Like. There's, that's a problem though. They probably didn't even yeah. worry about that part. Mm, it's just, it's a bit of a dumpster fire. <laughs> little, little, little bit. Like that's little putting it gently. Um, but yeah, definitely go check out the photos there if you want to see an incredibly sad uh, festival. I don't know if it can ever rival the ball pit from TumblrCon, but it it's, sounds pretty bad. It's not quite as bad as that. Uh, and it's definitely not on the scale of a fire festival sort of situation. <laughs> but um, but uh, it's it's definitely worth looking up if you want to have a bit of a... Oh no, moment. Um, but yeah, that's my uh, that's my first story for this week, Karen. Joel, this week we we've had some we've had some juicy things sort of just bubble to the surface. Okay, yeah, we certainly um, have. Jeez, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick this one first. Okay, so this this is like a this is a tiered one, where it is. It is a tasty little sort of tease followed up by a, a succulent rumor. Oh, so you'll, you'll know immediately, Joel. <laughs> we just, as you said, we like to sort of surprise one another with the stories we bring for dope or nope. Sometimes there's just a big story where I'm like, nah, this is going in the group chat. Right. Yeah. I know. So, I have to, I sometimes have to restrain myself a little I mean, bit. Me too. Like, I've done, I've been like, no, I can't, I want to, I want to save it. Yeah. This one, this one I couldn't save. So Yeah. Here's the gist of it. Nintendo, is it that a new rumor suggests that Nintendo is reviving a dead and buried game. Hmm. Now, I do know what this story is. I'm obviously yeah. going to dope it because I think there's a lot to <laughs> yeah. talk about with this one. <laughs> there's layers that we can talk about with this. But So yeah. it was a dope, was it? Yeah, it's a dope. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously it's a dope for me. So a little background on this story. It all started when Game Informer's senior editor... Imran Khan stopped by the kind of funny games daily show. Yes. And he was, he was on there having a bit of a chin wag, having a bit of a chat and mentioned a rumor about Nintendo reviving a dead game in, in his words. Let me hint at something, I guess this is a, this is a thing that I'm going to write up at some point as soon as I get some more sources on it, but there's a game that's thought to be dead that Nintendo is reviving. And it's not one that people would expect. It was very much a title that was dead and buried, very officially cancelled. Mm-hmm. So that's that's sort of his quote, and that that obviously that all re- like that one chunk, the internet just was ablaze with oh, speculation. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the next, I think it was either the next day or later that same day, 
a website that I'm not too familiar with uh, called Nintendo Insider then popped up saying that they had also heard the same sort of rumblings about Nintendo reviving a very publicly cancelled game. Uh, but they also had extra sources that claimed that that game would in fact be Platinum's Scalebound. Right. Okay. So here let's... we have ourselves a story, Joel. Well, let's get stuck into it. Um, now, this would seem batshit crazy and, and something worth scoffing at had it not been for the fact that Nintendo is single-handedly handily responsible for the reason why we still have Bayonetta. Yes, and, and they... like. If you're like, yeah, but that, they, they pay for Bayonetta to be made, but like the second one, essentially, but mm-hmm. they wouldn't revive a game. But, I mean, regardless of how it turned out, they brought... they. I guess you could also say they revived. I don't think it was ever cancelled, but it wasn't looking good. And honestly, it came out and it was pretty bad. But they res- resurrected Devil's Third, the Switch. Of the, was oh, it for Wii U? Wii, for Wii U. For Wii U, yes. So, like, Nintendo can be wild card when it comes to the projects they choose to save. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, also, you've just got to look at the fact that they've got a good relationship with Platinum Games now, like, with things like exactly. on the Wii U, like Wonderful uh, 101, um, Bayonetta 2, obviously, and then... And going- the, the, worth noting especially, the heavy implementation of nintendo references in bayonetta 2 oh yeah absolutely yeah like, it was like a partnership like, thing yeah, yeah they they were they were having a good time with that game absolutely and then like bayonetta being in smash brothers and then yes uh, yes yes from yes. that last nintendo direct we had astral chain as well yes which is a, <laughs> I, I, from what we can presume is a nintendo switch exclusive so i'm going to imagine it is yeah uh and then as well as bayonetta 3 still coming yeah i how long do you think it'll be until like Nintendo makes an offer on them being like a second party developer for Nintendo? See, I'm not at this point I don't even know if they really need, need to. to? It, yeah. Honestly, it seems like at this point if Nintendo w- will pony up the cash, like Platinum's like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. We'll make a game. Yeah. Like whilst Platinum do still have the freedom to make those third party titles, like I I'm holding that hope we'll get another near. Come on, man. Let it I happen. think we will. That game sold that that, that game did it really did. well. So Yokotaro fought, like has a successful game under his belt. Like yeah. let's just go wild. But ah yeah. uh, so this one's really interesting because I I think things are still a bit murky about the scale bound trademark. Yeah, so because it's like the Microsoft let go of the trademark, didn't they? Yes, it says here on the uh, trademarks.justia.com, like the entry for Scalebound, status 606, abandoned, no statement of use filed. Right. So, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the assets and the existing work that was done on it is, that goes along with that, because that's not necessarily exactly. part of the trademark. It's such. a whole messy, messy part of it. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, like, I, I but. We also know that, like, from what we heard over the years, Scalebound was, like, Kamiya's dream game. Hideki Kamiya, like, the the creator of this game, and, you know, a legend in the video game industry. Of course. Like, he'd wanted to make this game for so long. Uh, 
so like when it was like it looked like Microsoft was going to let his dream become a reality it was so exciting and then it got canned and everyone was sort of heartbroken because the game would no longer come out and because man imagine Kamiya how he would feel like yeah absolutely so I think it would be interesting I don't the thing that I think is like when we last saw this game when we last saw Scalebound it looked bad Mm-hmm. Because but it was the multiplayer the demo. Multiplayer demo, yeah. And you have to wonder if that was something Platinum wanted to put in there, or was it part of the partnership with Microsoft? Yeah, we'll probably never really know. No, oh, absolutely. One thing, one thing's for sure. That like the first time we saw that game in the gorgeous green fields with that giant dragon and like the headphone, like it looked great. I was all about that. Oh yeah, yeah. But like- yeah, then the last showing was very poor. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, they do, maybe not completely start from scratch, but like, you know, carry over ideas, get rid of that multiplayer idea, and just focus in on like a single player, story driven action think game. Of a, think of the possibilities if they stick with the, with the dragon, Joel. Yeah. Think of it. Yeah, think I of know. the Nintendo crossover possibilities. Think oh, of. fuck. Think of Ridley. <laughs> fuck. I want it so badly. Yep. No, didn't even think of that. Now I do uh, as well. The, the only reason I thought of it was because I remembered how, again, how in on the partnership Nintendo we were with Bayonetta. Like, obviously there was the Peach costume, the Star Fox costume, the Fox stage. Yep. <laughs> uh, the Samus costume, of course, was amazing. You had Morph Ball, had all the genuine sounds. That's the thing. It wasn't just a skin. It had no, the sound effects. It changed effects. how... Like weapons were different. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. It was um, very cool. So, like thinking how they could sort of go in on a partnership with this to bring Camille's dream to life would just boy, it's exciting. This yeah, this doesn't seem like that much of a stretch, really. Yeah, the um, only questionable thing is like how much it ends up resembling the original Scalebound. That's the questionable part. Yeah, well, I mean, look, if he has to like, if they have to redesign it, like character design and and you know, animations, all that sort of stuff, or scaling things back or whatever. Um, fine. Like, that's... As long as it's still got the, the heart and soul that, that Camille wanted there in the first place. That's, I guess, what matters the most. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Um, I want to float a dream scenario by Evo. Okay. <laughs> Hit me with it. What if it wasn't scale-bound? I don't know. This, this is... This okay. is my... This is like... If... If I, if a dream was to come true for me, what if it were? It's so stupid because obviously when before Scalebound Park came out, people were drafting lists, going, "Okay, what games have been publicly cancelled? What could Nintendo bring back?" One game stood out on the lists. Yeah, it's always going to be a deep wound that'll never fully heal. Mm. What if they? What if they gave? What if they paid Konami out the nose? To give me Silent Hills. Ooh. Is Speaking, Kojima still involved, though? I don't know. At this point, who knows? Who knows? It's just... That game was another game that was very publicly publicly cancelled. Like That's very when true. I, when I think of publicly dead and buried, I think of Silent Hills. I think of everything that went down, right down to the fact that you cannot download that demo anymore. Uh, again... It's probably going to be scale bound, but like when I saw those lists, I was like, oh, imagine if it was Silent Hills. Because the thing is, what goes with that is that if Konami were to 
you know, it let it up and, and Nintendo ponied up a lot of cash for it. Does that involve the Silent Hill brand and license in general? Which means do we get re-releases on the Switch of all the previous I mean, Silent Hill games? Man, like just, it would be, it's easy money for Konami. Don't get me wrong, those, those HD, HD collection for Silent Hill 2 and 3, very bad. Yeah. But I guess better than nothing. But if you put it into like you know a small team at Nintendo to yeah, brush I mean, them up, it's for dream. I don't know. That was just that was just a wild card dream that floated in my head when I started seeing the lists. I do honestly believe it is scale bound. But I if I could, yeah. I dream of it being Silent Hills. <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything that pops into my head that would be that's been like very publicly cancelled. I can't think of anything that would really pop into my head. I'm so. trying to think of other examples, but like those are two of the biggest ones. Yeah, yeah. I think I, it seems to be like this scale-bound thing seems to be a lot like gathering a lot more traction. It does. Than um, the- especially like as people have pointed out on Astral Chain, Hideki Kamiya is only uh, fulfilling a supervisor role. Right. Uh, we do not know what exactly his capacity is on Bayonetta 3. That game is very much a mystery. Right. But uh, if he's not heavily involved in that, who knows? Hmm. We do also know he's very he's very pro. Bring wonderful one hundred and one to Switch as well. So yeah, maybe he's busy it. with that. Fucking do it! I want to play that game. I played the demo. It was great. It's it's a fun game. It's a very mm. neat little game. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that was the first. That's like just it's exciting. Like because Nintendo Nintendo's willing to do this sort of crazy stuff at this point. Like they've got a successful platform yes they do it's just a, it's a matter of getting those games and in, depending on how it turns out like bringing back Scalebound as, as a similar game maybe under a different title oh that would be that would be a sight there's and there's also too the fact that because they are Nintendo they are more willing to take a risk on something wild yeah. card just be like exactly it, let's give it a go this last, this last gen they've been much they've been more willing to be crazy about this stuff yeah yeah. Sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. But exactly. Like, if but it does pay off, then their, their fan base wins. They haven't been one to dwell on that sort of thing, so... No. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff there, though, Kyron. Interesting stuff. Um, would you like another story? Lay it on me, Joel. Cool. Well, while we've got Nintendo happening, let's keep that party train rolling. Although it's a little bit more of a somber party, this one, I believe. Uh, so... Over the last week, it came, uh, basically came out. The headline for this article is Reggie Fee MA retiring from Nintendo. Uh, I'm going to uh, omit something because I want to leave it for the story, but uh, <laughs> we'll be replaced by someone. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the news itself is. It's weird. It's like a, it's a bittersweet dude for me. It is definitely a bittersweet, yeah. I, I must admit, waking up to this news, it was like, oh. Oh, yeah, right. He's, like, he's, giving, he's given us so much, but it makes sense. It's time, I think. Look, you know. and that's a, that's a thing. First of all, it's miraculous at this point that he has been he's in a position where he can choose to do this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he joined. He was with Nintendo of America. He first joined them in uh, 03, vice president of sales and marketing, and then got the uh, the COO position in two thousand and six, and he's been in that ever since. So oh, I, I remember that E three. Yeah, was it was I it the will... my body is ready one? Yes, it is. Yeah, like because because he's to he's here to kick ass, take names, and they're all about making games. That's right. Uh it just he's given us so much, and he. I mean, he has the fact 
and he looked a little. He looks a little bit like Donkey Kong. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I really don't. Because he's think a big. He's like a big dude. He's, he's a big dude. He's tall. He's oh. intimidating. And he was Jack he, Keeley was not scared to face off against him. No, no. And I just like I like the fact that he was willing to do wild card stuff. Like some of those, like like uh, those Nintendo Direct videos that they did, like the Splatoon stuff. I will, I'll never forget the Mega sixty four. Oh, like the direct yes. announcement one with um Reggie Bot. Yes. Oh my god. And then like the the the, the whole Muppets thing as well, where they got turned into the like Muppets. Puppets. Good. Yeah. So good. Like um, they did some wild card so stuff there. Um. But yeah, it's it's Reggie also sad. It is like Reggie was. It feels weird, right, to be like sad and bummed out about you know the president of a company leaving, but. He did such a good job, like, and you could sort of you could see it changing over the years because I do remember, like, after that first E three, I was like, okay, this guy's cool, yeah. But he he was he had moments where you're like, all right, all right, dude, ease up on, the, on, on like the corporate talk, like yeah. we get it. But then over the years, he sort of eased into a role, and he's, he's I don't know, he sort of he became likable. I don't know, just yeah. like in a lot of those directs and in those again, all of their sketch videos they did, like Reggie Bot or. When he wanted to enter the Nintendo World Championship. Oh my god, yes. And th- that one's been circulating a lot because obviously he wants to enter it and they're like, Reg, you can't enter the tournament. You work for Nintendo. He's like, not anymore. <laughs> so people have been putting that out and cutting it, like hard cutting it, not anymore. Oh so, man. Like, sidebar, like if Nintendo does a World Championship at E3 next year, I'm going to need Reggie to enter. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean... They could do it this year because he's leaving in April. So, oh, true. You know what? I forget that E3 hasn't happened this year. What, I don't know what, what a, they do a world championship with. What a, I was going to say, what a good swan song for him, though, if they did <laughs> yeah. do that. That'd be fucking great. Uh, um, Jeff Keighley's like has said he'll always have a front seat of the Game Awards. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. Um, there is a video up that sort of addresses all the things. Um, and there's a, a bit of a message from Reggie as well, but this is over on uh, on Eurogamer as well from Matt Wales. But um, this is actually a, a quote from the video from Reggie himself. And he says, Nintendo owns a part of my heart forever. It's a part that is filled with gratitude for the incredibly talented people I've worked with, for the opportunity to represent such a wonderful brand, and most of all, to feel like a member of the world's most positive and enduring gamer community. As I look forward to departing in both good health and good humor, this is not game over for me, but instead leveling up to more time with my wife, family, and friends. Awesome. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's great. It's it, it's such a great video. Like, I, I woke up and, and like um, you said, it was very bittersweet, but uh, shit, a, a, a silent tear for him. Yeah. Like, what a dude. Um, such a legend. Little sidebar as well. I don't. I wish I saw the could like pull the tweet up, but in the background of that video, like you can see some of the stuff on his shelf and that. And I saw someone tweeting about how they were, they were shocked and couldn't believe that he had uh, a custom amiibo that this person had made for him, like on his shelf there. Oh my god, that's awesome! I know. I was like, that's great. That's fantastic. Reggie, um, he's too good. Well, speaking of things on the back of shelves, because that'll come into play with the next part of this story, which is... It sure will. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, obviously, they, in the same video, they announced uh, Reggie's replacement. Uh, and that is none other than... And wait for it, everyone, if you haven't heard this news. You need to be sitting down for this, because you will never fucking believe it. His name is Doug Bowser. Now, Joel, 
Did you know that Doug Bowser worked for Nintendo already? I had heard it kicked around okay. a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, I believe King, he, King Cooper himself. King Cooper himself working for, uh, be, being the, uh, not, the not not work like running running Nintendo, Nintendo of America. America. Um, yeah. Now he he seems like he's going to be someone who will have a bit of fun as well. Obviously, with a name like that and working in a company like that. Um, he was uh, the vice president of global business planning at EA before he went to Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he's going to be taking over once Reggie leaves and departs in April. Um, but in uh, I think it was a tweet that he put out with like a a photo of him holding up a sign in his office, holding up a sign saying "Thanks for the warm welcome" or or something like that. Uh, but in the background, there was. Uh, a couple. There was a Mario and Luigi plush doll tied together with a GameCube controller. Like settle lead. in. Like it's gonna be. It's gonna be a ride. Yeah, man. That that this directed E three. If they lean into this and just get real wild with it, this is what I've been wanting for the last few years. Ever since the puppet one, this is what I've wanted. I want to get some. I, I want to get crazy with it. I wonder how long until we're sick of the Doug Bowser jokes. <laughs> uh, again, if they're smart about it. They're going to fucking lean into it. Like, cause that's, that's the type of shit. Like you're going to get the internet on side then. Oh, the internet's already all over it. Exactly. So why not use that? That's only, it's only going to help you in the long term, really in a way. Um, like there's been, there's been plenty of jokes already about like going to meet him, but he's in another castle and like have, wanting to go meet him, but you've got to go collect like 60 power stars first. Like, <laughs> Settle in, like it's gonna, there's gonna be some jokes going forward. I'm so into it. I'm so into it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, some sad news with a little bit of lightheartedness in there. But um, again, obviously, yeah, again, Reggie, I'm, I'm Reggie probably doesn't listen to the show or anything like that. But no. uh, but uh, we wish him all the best. Reggie has my respect. Endeavors. Yeah, fuck and, yeah. Uh, and you know what? He deserves a rest. Like he's Nintendo. He has led Nintendo through some ridiculously like popular popular years and also just some downright bad ones with oh, the yeah. wii u yeah it's um it's been a wild ride for him but um it's been a a, a, a fun ride nonetheless never forget the game awards or i think it may have even still been a spike vgas or whatever when nintendo's big announcement was cranky Kong oh, yeah. was going to be playable in tropical freeze never forget yep no, and I'm pretty I, sure that was the one he was wearing, like the Samus pin as well. That's so. right. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff not to like about that. Forget. One. Yeah. Always remember. Yeah, you know, tongue in cheek side that that son of a bitch. But yeah, <laughs> he was he he's a great uh, he was a great boss and and leader of Nintendo, I guess. And um, we're sad he's to see him go. Guy. Yeah, good guy. Sad to see him go. All right, Karen, hit me up. What do you got? Okay, uh, I've got another big one. <laughs> another another Nintendo focused one. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, another rumor, but much like the other rumor, there's a, a decent source behind this, and it's a dis- it's a topic worth discussing. Yes, it, yeah. yeah, you know what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the newest rumor, there's a new rumor going around, circulating, doing the rounds, that Microsoft is going going to be bringing Game Pass and published titles to Switch. Wow, if this is real, it's the the dopest of dope, I think. It's so dope. <laughs> it's so dope. Uh, okay. Oh. It's over here. So, okay, so here's some background from a rumor. The rumor came from a, an outlet called Direct Feed Games, who posted a YouTube video sort of outlining the, the gist of a rumor. 
Uh, I did some digging to sort of find out how credible they are. Game Informer here has has basically said that they've got a pretty good track record for rumors, especially centering around Nintendo, Microsoft, Nintendo and Microsoft. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so basically, the gist of it is that they're discussing first of all bringing Games Pass to Switch, and potentially allowing like Games Pass subscribers to stream games on the Switch itself using their already announced but still pretty mysterious Project X cloud streaming service. Right. But they're also not ruling out publishing games on Switch. The name being thrown around, and boy, does it just make sense, is uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. Yep. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe. Yes. Get that game on Switch. Uh, yes. Again, worth emphasizing, this is a rumor, but in a way, it makes sense. Like, at this, so hang on, without being too negative, like at this point, Microsoft is not winning this generation, right? Of, yeah, and I think they know that. That's why they're pretty keen to get mo- moving into the next generation, I think. That's why they're forcing everyone's hand, I believe. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not terribly surprising. Like, this, honestly, for them, would just work out well because basically you're tapping into the Switch's user base. Yep. Who would be like, yeah, okay, I'll sub to Games Pass if I can play, if I can get those games on Switch. Yep. The only, like, the concerning part is the streaming part, but if they are also going to publish games as well, that restores some faith and opens up some possibilities. Oh boy, does it ever. So, so I mean... There's, there's an established game that's already on the Nintendo Switch that we are both very very obsessed with um i guess that's saying an understatement but uh that potentially has characters that are going to be added to the game so if If this this happens Mm -hmm. i am so confident (laughs) yeah i think yeah it's gonna be like banjo kazooie in smash like at some point that's gonna be what we hear yeah i i mean right like it, just, like, it, it has like if this if they're gonna be this is an obvious like of them burying the hatchet like dead and buried it's done they're gonna yeah. they're gonna join they're gonna play together they're gonna survive together like they said in that trailer. the only concerning thing i've seen is people are also relatively confident that it could just as easily be minecraft steve yeah i i want to be like and I, I get it i do minecraft is a huge deal to video games but the, I, st- um, I still just think makes sense. It, it makes sense. Like I think Sakurai would lean towards Banjo Kazooie. Absolutely, hundred percent. I think for for the I know there's a very wide install base of of people who enjoy and love and play Smash, but they're all for the most part. A lot of them are people who grew up on Nintendo originally playing smash brothers from the 64 version which owning a 64 they might have also played banjo kazooie and things like that yes so i think that makes a much more and the internet would just fucking explode i think if that happened um and also for the fact that i mean yeah minecraft steve has like he has a sword you could throw potions all that sort of stuff but like banjo kazooie or already they already have movesets and they do like that would make sense in the game. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think. Is 
Do we have a Western character in Smash yet? We don't, do we? Oh, that's true. I think, I think, but that's the thing. Like, if you were going to pick your first Western character, if you're Sakurai, I do think you pick, like, you know, Banjo and Kazooie, just because of that Nintendo history. Yep. While still also representing the Microsoft, like, the newfound Microsoft friendship. Yep. And I don't know. I This is really, this is personal, a bit bitter, and completely unfounded because obviously Minecraft is way more popular fuck you if Shovel Knight's an assist trophy don't you dare put Minecraft Steve as That's a playable character fucking exactly oh my god if that maybe oh, now, you, may, I, now you've you've you flicked the switch on me Kyron that's, that's that's it that's my bitterness speaking oh if but that happens I will be a salty boy <laughs> because like the flip side is like man a Minecraft stage could be fun true but just put a Minecraft stage in just add it as a bonus update and there's we'll Steve anyway. as an assist trophy or a creeper as an assist trophy. There you go. Got it. It's true. That'd be great. We've veered away from the main topic, though. That's that's yeah. that's like speculation on speculation. Yeah, true. Um, uh, well, is there anything else from, from Microsoft's platform that you'd like to see on... Oh, Joel. There's one. <laughs> there's a big one. There's yes. one that I honestly have no excuse to not play. I have an Xbox, but boy, if it was on Switch... Yep. That is Cuphead. Yes. Yes, yes. Ooh. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. I still haven't finished it, but holy shit, I fucking love Cuphead. I got... And the possibilities of like bringing Perfect Duck back to Nintendo as well. I don't know, man. <clears throat> oh my god. Like, like... This, this, this friendship could reopen the doors on the potential for a Nintendo 64 Mini, which for the longest time I was like, no, it's impossible because you need those rare games. Without man. the rare games, it's pointless. But if this happens, like... Man, doors are open again. <laughs> but but fuck that. Just do a fucking remake of Perfect Dark. Put that out. Honestly, on... but they just all they have to do is put the arcade version, the one that came out to Xbox Live Arcade. Nah, like touch Perfect it up, Dark mate. HD. Touch it up. Fucking let's go all out with oh. it. I don't like honestly, Perfect Dark HD looks pretty good. Okay. Alright. Like they, they 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 improved like the textures and the character models and stuff and smoothed out the edges and Yep. I don't know, it's I think that's less to ask. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm hey, I want to dream big because if this is I real, mean, then fucking all bets boy, are off the dr- table. Like it's oh, fucking dream big is uh, give me a new perfect dark. Well, yeah, that's obviously yeah. That's give me give me to. a new perfect dark that hails back to the original and ignores perfect dark zero. Oh yes, yes. Joanna Dark is an American. She is <laughs> a British not. person. Boy, it's annoying. Uh, but yeah, like how how crazy? Like I don't know, like. The headline when I read this rumor, it was just, like my reactions were simultaneously, "That's insane," and actually, that also makes a lot of sense. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I like yeah, the, just the way that they've been playing playing together recently. Like, I, this doesn't. This is not so much of a far stretch. I was still like, "Oh my god, that's crazy!" But had it been like, you know. Without that, that that whole Minecraft, you know, and the, all the crossplay stuff um, that went that went with it. And like, honestly, we we didn't talk about it because I think it happened during our off week. But at GDC, they're going to be having a session where they talk about using Xbox Live on Switch. We don't fully know what that is yet. Yeah, true. Like a lot of things are just mounting to Microsoft and Nintendo being best buds. Yeah, and- it sort of harkens back to the old. Uh, um, the Wii 60 days. Wii 60 of- days. Absolutely, yeah. 
Oh man, um, I'm yeah. This is something that's going to be very interesting to see how it develop uh, like yeah. develops from here. If uh, the rumors to be believed, mm-hmm. we'll basically be finding out more of this later, like sometime this year. Yep. Um, boy, imagine this at E3 though. This is oh shit. At like Xbox's conference, they're doing their thing, and then next minute, question block appears. Mario jumps up, punches it. And it's like, well, and then that's how it kicks off. And you get and you get Shiggy out on stage. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. This, this is um, the thing. This is the thing. Because Nintendo do directs, they're going to have to keep Shiggy. If he goes to LA, they're going to have to keep that on the absolute fucking oh, down low. Like, I still think, I don't know if he went to, he still goes to E3 sometimes though. I suppose that's true. He usually goes and checks stuff out. Yeah. And like, they, if it, if there's like a like a Nintendo temple we might be involved in, they'll do interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, if they reveal Pikmin 4 at long last, they'll be there. Fuck, yeah, true. <laughs> um, but oh, imagine... Oh, yeah, anyway. I, I, I suppose it's crazy. And, and just imagine just... Again, it's just another layer of, like, if Nintendo and Microsoft go into E3 and, like, practically holding hands at this point, yep. and Sony's just like, no, we're not going to E3. Yep. We're going to oh, focus on our next system. It's like, okay, all right, you do you. But these two guys are, like, best friends over here. And also, Xbox is uh, pretty much going to be, like talking next-gen stuff yes. at E3 as I mean, well. I didn't bring it to the episode because it doesn't sound like very concrete, but there are rumors already speculating. Oh, yeah, absolutely. About the two, like, Xbox One consoles coming, probably. One of them potentially, like, a, the low-end model, not having a disk drive, which makes sense, especially with this, again, this talk of the Project X, whatever, cloud streaming thing they're working on. Yep. So yeah, man, it's going to be an interesting year for both Microsoft and Nintendo at this mm, point. Very stay, much so. S- stay tuned. Stay, yeah, because we will we will report on that shit as soon as we know anything yeah, about like, it. So again, people's like direct feed apparently have decent sources. So like, it's I'm trying to be cool about this, but man, if this happens, I'll it's going to be amazing. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. All right. Well. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to bring this one up, this story to the table because I just want to, it's making me feel a lot more relaxed about certain things. Um, so the Outer Worlds release date looked like it accidentally leaked on Steam. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joel, but <laughs> it's a nope because I think it's a headline. Uh, it is a headline, but I just wanted to bring it uh, up because it's potentially August 6th, which means it's coming out this year, which means hopefully going to get me points for my Fantasy League. Um, just wanted to just put that out there just as a moment. Hopefully. So hopefully. Hopefully. I'm feeling, I mean, I'm feeling a lot more confident now. Let's just put it that way. Uh, now I'm wishing I had, I had brought it. Speaking of things, I'm not going to officially enter it as dope or no, but on that same page... Uh... On the recent Nintendo Power podcast, again, I don't know. I don't. He, sh- he probably shouldn't have said this. I think <laughs> it was a rookie mistake. Yeah, I'm not sure if he was getting games confused. But Bill Trennan, uh, he's hinted that maybe Bayonetta three is coming sooner than people think. Ooh, I'll be happy but sad in terms of the league, but happy <sighs> uh, if that happens. I mean, who like? Maybe he got mixed because it was in a section when he's talking about Astral Chain. So maybe he got it mixed up. But I mean, that's got a date. So you wouldn't say coming sooner than anticipated because it has a date. Do they and do let, they go fucking full wildcard and just shadow drop Bayonetta 3? Oh, don't shadow drop 3. It, does, it needs marketing. It deserves marketing. I mean, it does, but 
Fuck, what a baller move if they tried it. I reckon I reckon Bayonetta 3 could end up being early next year. But again, that I'm, I'm not officially bringing it to Dirtboard, no. That's all right. But, it's part of this because it's it's related to our league. So Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to bring it up for that. The league, league corner. I I, 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 I copy-pasted this into our fantasy league chat so quickly when I saw it. I was like, <gasps> sigh of relief. Like, I mean, it's, it could not be true, but based, like, you know, the basic rundown was it, it was, um, the information was live on Steam for a full 17 and a half hours. I mean, before being removed. I do believe that Outer Worlds is coming this year. It is just a matter of when. Yeah. I, yeah, I do, I do believe that as well. I, I wasn't super concrete on it, but I'm feeling a lot more confident about it now. After that, that's all I needed was just a little bit of a, a confidence <laughs> boost. Still yet to get any points, but, um, Getting there. It's gonna, I'm playing the waiting game. Biding my time. <laughs> All right. Have you got anything else, Kyron, for this week? Um, I've got one thing that I think is more of a headline. Sure. Uh, I think I just wanted to bring because I think it's interesting and potentially a good way to approach this game. Okay. And it's a a release window for an early access mode for Dreams. Um. You can be honest, Joel. It's fine. I'm, I was honest with you about your release date. One. I'm gonna nope it just because I. That's fine. I don't really care about dreams. I'm look. At, I'm sure it's gonna be great, and people are gonna love it. I am gonna find a hell of dreams. Um, I'm just uh, just people. I, people made PT in dreams. Yeah. People yeah. started making Dead Space in dreams. Like, yeah, this thing is insane. Anyway, you've noped it. So basically, the gist of it is, uh, in spring. Dreams creators, uh, Dreams will have access to the creators' early access. It won't have everything in the full version of Dreams, but if you were in, for example, the beta, you'll have access to all the stuff you did there. And yeah, so spring is basically when you can look forward to more Dreams stuff. It's it's limited release, so paid early access. Yeah, it basically is. Yeah, it's uh thirty dollars US. So it's like 45 bucks or so. Yeah, 45, 50 probably over here. So yeah, I mean, if you want to get in early, like... The only question I have is that, is that on top of it when the game actually does release, do you have to buy the game as well? I assume not. Like that's... Because early access, you usually buy in and you're in. True. The, 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 like the hitches you're buying into an early version. Like the full Dreams release is still TBA at this point. Yeah. We don't know how long the early access early access will run for, and I'm wonder, like I reckon they're just doing this because oh man, when that beta thing was running, a lot of people were talking about it and posting the things they were making, even though they were under NDA, so they shouldn't have been. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, look, I, I'm I'm glad people are excited about it, and it is cool some of the stuff people are making, but I just, I, just, I, I just want to play actual games. Like I mean, you can play games in this. That's I don't fine. Know. That's fine. But like, yeah, it's cool. I it'd be the sort of thing that I'm gonna sit back and look from the sidelines and be like, yeah, that's really neat. Like, it's kind of the reason why I didn't buy Mario Maker at first. I'm gonna buy it this time around, I think. But at first, I was just like, ah, I don't know how I'm gonna how much I'm gonna get out of it. It was fun playing it with people when I was like, like hanging out with you and stuff, and you were showing me it, and I was like, this is really neat. But it was fun to sit, like sit on the sidelines and watch people i think my most enjoyment i got out of mario maker was like watching the game grabs playthrough levels like i really enjoyed that so i don't know it'll be it'll be cool for for some people that are really into that kind of stuff but i just it's 
I just can't wait to see what people create. That's what I'm in for. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway. That's uh, that's it for my Dope on Ope stuff, though. I'm out now. I'm tapped. You're tapped? Uh, I've got one more that I don't know if it's going to carry much clout for you. Um, I did oh, okay. link this to one of our other friends today because I know he has a bit of a stake in it. And I'm getting my nopes ready. I've dabbled my a nope, little My nope guns. <laughs> I've dabbled a little bit in, in this in this particular game. Um, over on Eurogamer, there was a headline, Will there be a Vampire the Masquerade announcement at next month's GDC? Sorry, what was that? Uh, will there be a Vampire the Masquerade announcement at next month's GDC? See, this is unfair because I do like Vampire the Masquerades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if I... If there's enough there to talk you know what Joel Mm. I I'm gonna dope it but Joel if I had read this article I would have gotten my nope guns out so quickly and shut it down (laughs) I know I was like because it involves one of your favourite things Kyron it involves an ARG so um oh I hate ARGs (laughs) far it's a pretty neat one, though. Um, basically, can I, can I take it back and shoot it to pieces with my notebook? <laughs> Go on, lay it on me. It won't what be too long. Are, what right. dumb arg are they doing? Um, so basically, uh, Paradox Interactive, uh, they're using some sort of ARG um, to drop hints about something that something new, Vampire Mas- the Masquerade uh, related on the 21st of March. So weird, by the way. Like, why that series and why now? Yeah, um... It's pretty neat. So they've they've launched a a, a dating app called oh. Tinder, oh, which is cute, okay. uh, and it matches right. pe- it matches people via their blood type apparently. Um, yep. But yeah, so apparently it looks like a pretty legit site. But um, fans uh, delved a little bit deeper, and people with um uh, people with paradox accounts could um log in to the actual website. So if you yep. have like a paradox account, you can log in, uh, and in there there's uh-huh. some there's some codes and things like that. Uh, there's some codes hidden in some of the videos in the app, um, oh. and some suspicious leaked memos from Tender CEO Malcolm Chandler, which just so happens to be the name of the author of Vampire Brides from Planet Hell, uh, and uh, not to mention uh, the, the latest of Chandler's memos uses a heap of vampiric terms. Uh, and then there's one more clip that the, the, the a clip from a recent tender live stream shows Santa Monica Pier, which is one of the key locations from Bloodlines. Uh, and then one of the notes, one of the memos that Chandler has written says, "We must be ready for San Francisco on March 21st. 300 tender users will be invited to a private party, some of them flown from around the world. Mark that date. This will be the biggest announcement in the history of my company." So. Uh, 21st of March in, uh, is San Francisco is where and when GDC is. So, uh, this is pretty neat and it's not, it doesn't seem like it's going to be an extended ARG. It's just going to be like, you know, a month long or so, but, um, I actually haven't had a look at the tender site myself, but, um, I can't believe we're probably getting another vampire masquerades game. I'm excited. I just, honestly, I can't believe it. I'm excited. Cause I always wanted to play around with, I played around with it a little bit on my really shitty PC back in the day. Um, I think I remember I renting wonder... it or something like that, but, um, there is like, uh, lots of fan made mods that have actually made the game like workable and actually really quite good on modern PCs. So maybe I'll check it out, but I think I own it. So 
think I bought it one once or got it in a bundle or I something mean, like that. It's probably been a buck on Steam in the past. I definitely own it. <laughs> yeah. Um and I know yeah, one of our other one of our other friends, Ben, is a really big fan of it. So I linked this to him today as well. Um because I, I thought this might uh, get him a little bit excited. But uh yeah. Potentially why not? Why the fuck not? This just it just reminds me that I I do regret not trying Vampire by um Yeah. Uh who was that? Oh, what's their name? They made Life is Strange. What's yeah, their name? Um, uh, don't, don't Nod. Yeah. Don't Nod, yes. Mm. By Don't Nod. Yeah. Like, the game itself sounded problematic, but it had a lot of cool ideas. Yeah. Uh, Maybe next time that's on sale, I'll try it out. Yeah, actually, it's not a bad idea. Uh, and, like, the same with Vampire the Masquerade. It had really cool ideas, but it sort of was a little bit too ambitious for its time, I think, yeah. in a way. It was a, a little rough around the edges. Yeah, and I think they tried to do a lot with that. And I think in you know, where we're at with tech and and game development and things like that, I think they might be able to pull off some of the things they originally wanted to pull off a little bit better now. It's um, entirely possible. So, I mean, it seems to be like it's something that's going to happen. So keep your eyes peeled it's... for 21st of March. Um. I'm assuming that's uh, US time because they're obviously mentioning San Francisco. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually going to have a look at this website on to be finished recording because I want to have a play around. Look, for, look forward to March 21st, Stope or Nope. I just, I love it. I love a good ARG. love a good ARG. I love, I don't like participating. I just like watching from the sidelines. It's See, this one sounds okay. This one doesn't sound like it was painfully drawn out. No. Like a really stupid somber one. I'm still bitter about it. I know you are. That's why I didn't and want to really, mention it by name because I didn't want to trigger you. Or anything and I really like somber. I didn't want to tick I you off. Hate that arc. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was the last of my stories for for Dope or Nope this week. Well, now we're done with Dope or Nope for another week. Uh, it's time to return triumphantly to a segment that was uh, was that fell to the wayside last week just because we didn't have anything to to answer. So, uh, but it's time for us. To check in with all your wonderful questions with the bonus round. Bonus round. The bonus round is how we round out our show with your wonderful questions, the question and answer segment of the show, uh, where you get to write into us uh, via Twitter, email, various different methods, uh, Facebook, anything like that. Um, send us a message. I don't know. Whichever way you can contact us. Um, uh, there's also the contact form on our website. There I haven't is the mentioned form. that for a while. <laughs> yes, please use the contact form on the contact website. Contact us. <laughs> yes, we'd love to, uh, to to get some use out of that. Uh, but, uh, and yeah, with any questions, queries, games, anything that you would like us to discuss on the show, uh, and we'll talk about it in this segment. We've got a few juicy little tidbits this week, so let's jump straight on into it. Starting off with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Sean Kirkpatrick, our wonderful friend, um, lovely, 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 lovely human being, uh, and also the designer of a lot of our graphic design work and various pieces of artwork that he's done for us. Uh, he's also like, uh, Instagram, Twitter famous. So that's really cool. Um, <laughs> he is, he is, he is. It's, it's an undeniable fact, but, um, yeah. Followed by, uh, Aaron Hansen from Game Grumps. What other, what other, uh, <laughs> pleasantries could we lump on him um i don't know man he's just a beautiful man he is he is a beautiful man and we love him dearly uh and we love that he's such a big supporter of us on the show but sean asks us this week how thick are your nostalgia goggles aka when was the last time you played a game from your childhood that you loved and does it still hold up to your current scrutiny um we had a brief discussion about this before we started recording um and one it's, game that came up that we both 
wholeheartedly agree that holds I mean, up. I, I have I have the go to answer, and it's I'm probably not going to use it just because I play the game so much that if this question came up, of course, that would be my answer. Uh, well, lay it on us. What is it? It's obvious. It's Super Metroid, of and yes, it is. yeah, it's it's perfect. Yeah, it, it, it's it a does 10. hold up. Yeah, it does hold up. Do you know but why like, it holds up? Because there are other games that I like it that were made in the last few years. So yes, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it, I, I'm sh- I, I don't want to interrupt cut off your answer, but I do want to no. say that like a lot of the stuff that I play from my childhood, it's look, it's Nintendo games, and yeah, they do, they do hold up. Yeah, yeah. There's predominantly like like my NES classic and my SNES classic. Like yeah. Whew. That Super Nintendo era, Whew. yeah, that's um, yeah, Ooh, golden age, absolutely. Even like, going back further than that, like man, Super Mario Brothers three holds up. Oh god, yeah, absolutely. Super Mario World holds up. Yes, that yes. game's stunning. <laughs> like it's it's gorgeous to look at. It runs beautifully. It's super tight. Um, it's got secrets galore, like multiple different pathways. It's just a great, great game. Um, I guess if I had to pick one game from my childhood that I'm not sure holds up, mm. purely because I think there's a better version of it out now, it's like probably like the first Legend of Zelda. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Like, um, it's it's still a good game, but like I don't know what I don't know why you would play it when A Link to the Past is out there. I mean, in the same in the same way, the original Metroid is sort of along those lines as well. Yeah, it's really interesting because, like, I, I was thinking about stuff that maybe doesn't hold up as much, and it's not because the games are oh, bad, but, but like, a, a lot of those Nintendo sixty four games that aren't on some sort of like re, like remastered or remade versions, like, and I like Banjo Kazooie is hard to go back to the original sixty four yeah, one. Actually, you know what, Joel? I did try going back to that mm-hmm. a little while ago, well. and it was specifically it was Banjo Tooie, my own yeah. mistake, because that game doesn't hold up. Yeah, it's if only it, because there's man, so much of the side of that game is just aing through blah, 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 like text mm-hmm. boxes, and it just man, I got sick of that sound real quick. Oh yeah, um, and like I don't know, it's maybe I mean like if we look at things like uh, ukulele as well coming out, uh, and the, the fact that some people really liked it, they were into that kind of thing, but like yeah. I, I don't think. Having played it, I was like, I don't think maybe that has held up as well as I wanted See, it to. That was a thing. Like when I played ukulele and wasn't a fan of it, I had to go back. Like, I had to know. I had to go back to the Banjo Kazooie games and figure out if it was me. Like, am I broken or was this right. just ne- like never a game for me? And yeah, going back to Banjo Tooie, it just didn't click. Give and- me Mario sixty four. And at the at, at the basic level as well, a lot of those games are hard to go back to because unless you've got a CRT TV lying around, they don't they're really really not look nice to look at on a on a HD TV. Yeah, like the HD versions of Banjo Kazooie and Tooie are better. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, all the all the cool Nintendo stuff is taken out of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, this isn't exactly video game related, but, like, I've been watching a lot of Scrubs lately because it's on Stan now. Um, and it's not that it, I don't think it holds up. I, I think there are some things in it maybe that don't, though. <laughs> um, Look, there are jokes in that series that don't hold up. There are jokes in a lot of TV series that I've gone back to and just 
Absolutely. A lot like of people when I, look through... I was down with you, uh, hanging out with your wife a while ago, and we were watching yep. some Friends, and oh, Yep, that's exactly <laughs> what I was about to bring up. I think Friends is one of those things that a lot of people do look at it with, like, rose-colored glasses, but then you actually watch it again, it's like, oh, this can be problematic in this Man, day and I still, age. I love so many of those scrub storylines. Uh, me too. I absolutely do, and I'm still enjoying watching it, but yeah, there's, like, a couple of things where I was just like, oh, okay. That's all like, we've gone there. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's stuff we're watching now, but in 10 years' time, we'll sort of look back and go, Ooh. Absolutely. Ooh. Absolutely. Um, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I don't think this is a specific problem that's related to Scrubs in general. And again, I am enjoying watching it. I'm like... Oh, yeah. No, no, for sure. Absolutely. I'm about to finish season three, I think. Four? Four. Nice. You're, yeah. you're, at, you're at the, God, I want to punch JD in the face stage. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. 100%. God, I want to punch a lot of people's stage. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah, that's true. Everyone's just fucking going around in circles. Anyway. um, Welcome to life, Joel. Yeah, I know. Uh, there are... Uh, I'm just trying to think of other ones that in, in my mind. Oh, another game that does hold up, again, in that same vein as, like, Super Mario Brothers 3 and Super Mario World and stuff like that. Yoshi's Island. Like, yeah, damn, absolutely. that game holds up. If you want to hear our thoughts on that, there is an episode... Of uh, the very short-lived that we will return to one day, we'll back to it. We playing will. with superpower. It's, it's man, it's finding time, right? That's true. Yeah, to actually play Plus, the game and then sit down and record about it. I just it. want to. Re- I want to redraw that number. I don't know if I want to play Super Ghouls and Ghosts. All right, let's let's we'll, we'll talk about this off there. We might just pick another game and not just. I'm scared of that game. Do a random number generator. Um, yeah, we might we might not you know peek on that one. Maybe not. So I'm much. intimidated. Um. Uh, what's trying to think of other ones? Maybe, um, man, Donkey Kong Country trilogy still holds up. Yep, absolutely. 100%. I feel bad because like I'm literally just rattling off like classics. Of yeah. course they hold up. Well, is like, there, what is there any obscure games that you haven't played, like replayed re- recently or anything like that, that you feel like you would be hesitant as to whether or not they hold up? I honestly don't know, but I mean, mm. what I will say is a game I can think of that I didn't like when I was younger that I went back to maybe a year or so ago and actually enjoyed it a lot more than I remembered, and that was okay. Mario Sunshine. Super Mario Sunshine is a game that is good, and I stand by that now. I have not played it, so it's, I can't comment on this. I know a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people do like it. Yeah. It's very well, divisive. It is, and Mario like when Rose I was game. younger, I didn't really like it. But going back to it, I don't know. I had a good time. It does have a certain charm to it, I think, from what I can see anyway. That it seems does. pleasing. Um, don't know. The, the Bowser fight is stupid. <laughs> but yeah. The game itself is fun. Yeah. Uh, I really, I'm, I'm blanking on stuff that... It's tough because, like I said, like a lot of the, the games from our childhood that we go back to are the, probably the ones that we enjoyed. That's true, yeah. And um, the answer generally is that they do hold up. As boring as that is. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Like, you know, our current scrutiny is very harsh on certain things, but, like, it's... There's a reason why we talk about... We want to talk about those games and replay them is because we do have such fond memories of them. Um, And we can... And and it might be that those games aren't super great. I know some of them... Most of them are. But, like, there's some of them that might be a little bit rough around the edges. Like, um... I don't think Mario Kart 64 holds up. 
actually that's a really good one and everyone swears to the high heavens that that's the best edition of that game and i will argue that no. i will that will be that that is the hill that i will die on is that it i is will not the, join you on that hill it is not the pinnacle of mario kart by there a long far shot superior mario kart, mario kart most of them in recent years is the best mario kart game and even even mario kart 7 even mario kart ds yeah those are like yeah. the most memorable memorable ones as well Absolutely. In my mind, I think those like they, you know, those are games that will still be able to be played years yes. to come. But like Mario Kart sixty four yeah. is is no. fun and it's good to go back and visit every now and then. But it's just I don't think the one thing it had on Mario Kart eight was battle mode. But Deluxe got the proper one. Absolutely. Yep. All arguments were invalid. Exactly. Yeah. It was like you know it was like well cool that was the only thing that had going for it. So that's all you had. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't at don't at us over that one i'll tell you one that i am curious to go back and try that i loved as a kid and it's only because of stardew valley you know um is the super nintendo version of harvest moon i do have a cart version okay. as well i'm curious to go back to that and see if that holds up yeah that might be interesting i, I never played the harvest moon games so it's it would be something i'd be kind of into i i feel because i you know i played a lot of stardew valley so maybe uh, next time i come down I'll, I'll is it on the snes classic actually i don't know I mean, yeah. I actually don't know. We'll make it happen. Yeah, we'll make it happen. We'll figure out a way. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, that's that's the basic. My, my basic answer is that yeah, like 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 agreeing with what you said is that uh, the games that we go back and and revisit games that we from our childhoods are the games that we did enjoy, and um and the reason we keep going back to them is they do hold up. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, but thank you, Sean, for your question. It's a lovely little trip down memory lane. Uh, continuing on, we've got a question from Naomi. Naomi asks us this week, with Stardew coming to mobile now, what other games do you think would make good every platforms? And what would you like to see make that jump? It's oh, a great question. On, on mobile? Man, like, the first immediate answer I had was like oh, it's already happening i'm just worried about how it will be executed and that is diablo yeah well that's it like there's so many it's... clones out there of it so and i know it and like there, but... diablo proper is coming but i'm just worried about how it's going to be handled yeah i mean yeah I, I, yeah we'll have to wait and see on that one i guess um, but like when i when i think about it like that i that idea is perfect for for a phone game oh yeah absolutely exploding demons and getting loot like mm-hmm. sign yep. me up and it's just all about how it's yeah exactly it's good drop in drop out like that like man um i mean there's already a, an official trials game on mobile i think there's a couple actually so that would be another one because i like the portability of having that um uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head and stump this one um other games that i really like uh, that would work on mobile. Yeah. I still can't believe Stardew's on mobile. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> it does. It totally it does. makes sense. Um, maybe like, I mean, if we're going down the Nintendo way of things, maybe like a scaled back Zelda game, like a top down yeah. Zelda game. Yeah, easily portrait, do it. Play in portrait mode and it's like, you know, small bite sized dungeons that you can go through. And they can release like new updates every six months or something like that, or every three hey, man, months. Sp- Zelda's getting a mobile game at some point. It's I, yeah, happen. that's it. So you know, just whether or not how what what form that takes. It's the same with having, Mario Kart. Same with Doctor Mario. 
Having played Dragalia Lost, I could see a Zelda game working. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, oh baby, I'm gonna download that. I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> downloading that. Um, it's crazy because like mobile is a platform that's just it. At first, uh, you know, it had I I was a known. I would not. I would speak down to mobile, but in recent years, the as I think maybe the market there was a okay when specifically when I was on um, iTunes. Yep, the app store can just go burn in hell. Honestly, to be fair, the app store is a lot, a little bit more curated than the uh, as yeah, I, the but, Google Play Store is just as bad. You know what? The they can both go burn in hell. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not just great. it's it's become easy to search for stuff. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's all about putting as many buzzwords in your title of your shitty game that you've made to try and cash in on it. But. And how, how many cop? How many times just like um, copies of a popular game you can get in the, in the list? Yeah, but I mean, and like, then just make make a sequel. I mean, like, phones are getting set to the point where the, yeah, anything's really possible. Like, you know, I mean, Fortnite's playable on it, and it's playable cross-play with all platforms except for PS4. But um, <laughs> yeah, how know. long until Apex Legends is on phones? <laughs> I look. I tell you what. It could happen. Like, it definitely get, could happen. Get Tetris 99 on a phone. That one. That is one that should actually happen because that would it is. that would fucking blow up. It's incredible on Switch, but imagine it on a phone. Yep. Just I don't. Bit, it, hmm. It'd be tricky because you probably wouldn't be able to see everyone else. Because one of my one of the things I love about Tetris 99 is seeing everyone else playing Tetris. You might have to forego that. But True. Yep. I still think it would be cool. But I mean, when you get when you eventually bomb out or anything like that, you can still flip yeah, between the screens and watch people them. as well, like zoom out a bit. And uh, um, yeah, that'd be interesting. Hmm, I'm trying to think of other really good games that I've played recently that I would like to see. Um, can we put a Persona game? Get a Persona mobile Easy, game easily. Could we get one of those? Um, Persona Three. Look at that. Like Persona Three Ooh. on portable. I should specify. Oh, I just meant like maybe making a, like a from the ground up experience. Uh, it would oh, be yeah, a gacha game, like, but like, you know. Yeah, um, there's already a Shin Megami Tensei gacha game on phones. Yeah, that's true. Are there any Persona play- characters in that? No. No. I mean, there's probably demons from Persona. Yeah, right. I w- yep. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a Persona gacha game is around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> but fucking, oh, the, but there we go. Put the Persona dancing games on mobile. That would work, actually. That's I, that, I've got my Rise dancing all night figure standing in front of me right now. She reminded me of it. Good work. Because the biggest problem with playing Persona three and five on my TV was you could tell the games were made for a smaller screen. But Jesus Christ, I oh, couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't look at the whole screen. My TV's. I mean, it's not. I mean, my TV's big, but. Obviously, they were made for a smaller screen, so you could actually look at everything at once. And also, it, also for touchscreen as well, like using like the slides yeah. and uh, utilizing like sliding from one side of the screen to the other and things like that is always really fun with a touchscreen. Um, there yeah, are I mean, arcade cabinets built around that in Japan. So, on that same token, I was going to say Theate Riven Final Fantasy, but it's already on there. It's oh, just it done so poorly. Ah, uh, it's a shame. It's you, you know how it works, right? N- no. You basically buy the tracks you want. Uh, well, that's how they do the dance, surely. But I, then I don't want it. Because <laughs> they're going to monetize it somehow. Otherwise, you're going to be paying like $45, I mean, $50 at just, least. Can... 
I get at least sell it with like some tracks and charge ten and then sell the rest. I don't know, like sell it in track packs. Like like you get ten with the game when you when you buy it for yeah five ten dollars or whatever, and you can buy track packs. Yeah, because like when I saw it, I was like, oh, Theater of oh, I'll just go to buy the songs. I mean, I get it, I guess, but yeah. I do also have them on DS, and they're loaded with tracks already, so yeah. far superior. I don't know. But um, yeah, any of those sort of rhythm games I really like on, on phone as well. Rhythm games on phone are great. You check yes. a pair of headphones in, and it gives you, you just listen, it's a, listening to music, but you get to play a when game at the I, same time. When am I going to get a great Nintendo rhythm game? A bit off topic, but oh. when? I just... Kind of got it. I love so much Nintendo music, and I want a rhythm game around it. Yeah, I know, right? Fucking, oh man, that'd be so good. You know what? Speaking of Nintendo Rhythm games that should be on mobile. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on, Joel. You know the answer. Is it Elite Beat Agents? Because fuck yes. Oh, it is that, but also another one. Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say next as well, which is fucking Rhythm Heaven. There you go. Shit, yeah. <laughs> Why haven't they two. done that? I don't know, man. That makes... Oh, wasn't man. It, wasn't, I feel like there was a Rhythm Heaven game recently in Japan. There was. It was for 3DS? Did we? I think we got it, did we? No, we did, because I almost bought it. Oh, okay. Well, then, ignore me. <laughs> no, I almost bought it, but it was when I had my Switch, and I was like, ah, man. <laughs> <laughs> ah, put it on nah, Switch. <laughs> put it on my phone, I'll play it. Um, no, legit, like, that's that would be awesome. That would be so good. Yeah, we're having Mega Mix, here it is. And if you really want to look at the, the nasty, nasty, like, microtransaction side of things, you could, like, put a stamina meter on it. You could do all those all those kinds of like microtransaction stuff, extra hearts to retry, all that kind of shit. Ooh. But at the very least, there would be a Rhythm Heaven game in my pocket. It would exist still. Because, hey, 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 hey. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, just, I, really, I just really want a Nintendo Rhythm game. Yeah. Like, on the, along the lines of, yeah, Final Fantasy, V8 Rhythm, and yeah, the Persona dancing games, just because... I love so much Nintendo music. This this question's gone way off the rails. It's but so I mean, it's, my it's, answer is a Nintendo rhythm game for mobile. Go. It's weird that they haven't done that. It's like one of the only genres they haven't really tackled, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's true. They've it's had a, they've had a crack at everything else. Why not give it a go? Biding their time. You're welcome, Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> you, you... I'll wait for our. We'll wait for our check. <laughs> Um, but thank you very much, Naomi, for your wonderful question. That was really, really great. Um, even if it's ah, oh, it just made me think about things that I want that we'll never get. I know, it's I know, right? Disappointing. Uh, anyway, rounding out the bonus round this week with a question from Mister Brennan Hill, wonderful, wonderful friend of the show. Uh Brennan asks us this week. So Anthem had a whole bunch of pre-order hype. 100 million different editions, like six tiers of beta and early access, and it actually seems like the betas killed interest. It looked like a AAA, uh, a killer AAA Iron Man Destiny, but bombed in reviews. Do you think this will affect EA's beta testing for other games? Will other companies take a lesson from this? No. <laughs> I, I think... I just wanted to go out there and say that I think other companies have already taken a lesson from EA and just steered clear of how they deal with things since the uh, the Battlefront stuff went down. Um, a lot of people sort of were like, whoa, okay, no, like, let's, we'll, we'll take a step back. <laughs> we'll, we'll think about it more logistically from now on. 
and um, then put our microtransactions in. Yeah, exactly. We'll do it. We call that one, we call that one the uh, the Black Ops Four technique. Yeah, yeah, the Activision. That's it. Yeah, sneak them um, in later. The Activision technique. Uh, but yeah, do do you think it'll affect EA's beta testing for other games? No, um, I don't think so. Not really, because EA I, just doesn't just... seem to give a fuck really to, when it comes to things. They just don't. They're like, this is the way we do things. We're going to do it. It's like, but everyone's like, but the way you do things is awful and nobody likes it. And they're like, but that's how we do it. Yeah, that's just how it is. Suck it up. <laughs> it's funny because like, I mean, I'm not going to buy it. The reviews have been very negative, but mm-hmm. honestly, like playing the Anthem demo, I was more likely to buy it. Right. The demo was, the demo was fun, but I saw reviews and read a lot of the stuff. And that's when I was just like, okay, I'll steer clear for about six months and then they'll finish the game and then it'll be good again. You know, the old destiny chestnut. <laughs> I think, yeah, and I think that a lot of people were going in on the back foot as well with all those additions, with different, the rollout of, like, early access and who got to play it when. and what. It was just unnecessarily convoluted. That and it, infamous honestly, spreadsheet that they posted, yeah. And it's so annoying because it, it boiled down to, like, essentially three or four dates and that has made it look as confusing as they could. Mm, Granted, absolutely. like... That was stupid, but it's never, like, there are dumber charts on how you can buy games from Ubisoft, good God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen, true. like, their various, like, it didn't include early access, although I think maybe their games do have that sometimes now. I, I think Odyssey had it. I think Odyssey did have it. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just, honestly, it's a way to get a few extra bucks out of people who want to play early. Um, honestly, my, my better, better question here is, how do you think those people felt... Who paid? Who paid up front? The big bucks, the big extra bucks, to play Jump Force early. Oh, Kyron, yeah, because that was that was like a special edition of the game. I can't remember how much it was, but it's still ridiculous. Not checking the PSN and seeing that default Jump Force is one hundred and seven dollars at the gate. Oh, I'm God. like, are you serious? Jesus, and that are game you... is not good. That game is rough. That game, that game is, is rougher than Anthem. Real rough, yeah. Um, but. I mean, to answer the question, I don't, I don't know if EA cares. They don't. They clearly don't. They're just like I said. They're they're set in their ways, and like I don't know what it's going to take for them to change their mind on things. Because every time I think that, every time they come out and say, "Ah, oh, no, we've thought about it this time." What's his name? Andrew Wilson comes out and is like, "Don't worry, guys. We've heard you. We've listened. We're going to have a different aspect of of doing things this year." And then they just do the same thing again, but they just mask it with something else. It's we just go around in circles so, with them. Sometimes you get weird, unique miracles like Apex Legends. Well, that's well true. Like I mean, but even then, that's a free to play game, so they're gonna it's have, a free to play. Yeah, exactly. There's microtransactions in that. At um, least it's free though. Like I'm so much more forgiving of microtransactions when your game is free. And the fact that it's cosmetic stuff as well, and all that kind of thing. Exactly. It's, it's the Fortnite model of things. Yeah, so. we'll also be getting battle pass. So. Exactly. It's oh, sorry. It's the, the the battle royale way of doing things. That's basically like every battle royale goes down that 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 avenue. Um, if it, unless you're PUBG, who's just like, no, you'll be paying for me, thank you. Yeah, and then we'll oh no, we'll still do we're still doing still doing battle pass. Hang oh. on, you can't have both. Ah, uh, no, sorry, we can and we will. No, no, all right, we, all, right all right. It's okay, right, guys. Our games you on, do you? Our games games on. Is it on Games Pass? Yes, it is yeah. on Games Pass now. We're, we're on Games Pass, so you only pay ten bucks, and then you can pay a bit extra money and get the Battle Pass. Um, sorry, I'm an early adapter. I, I'm a person who was here from day yeah. one and supported you. Oh, sorry, what about we, me? we got your money. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, I just I don't think I don't think EA will ever learn. I don't. 
because they've had such catastrophic clusterfucks over the last few years and we're like surely they're going to learn from this and then they just don't or they turn around and do something else and it's like what is going on how are you still a viable company how are you still existing sort of but kind of it's mostly in defense of bioware here but i guess that sort of stretches across to ea because of the weird early access window which the unfortunate side effect was that was when a lot of the reviews were happening, which is why we didn't get scores straight away. Uh, the day one patch was significant. Like yeah, Bioware had a lot of stuff for never fixing. Granted, the game still, well, it was rough, but I maybe I, I guess at least it sort of gave them a heads up on a lot of issues they had to fix still, which is nice. Uh, but then there's other, uh, there's other, you know, uh, there are other things as well. Like, yep, yeah, sure, Anthem had that, that, uh, that big patch release. And look, I have faith that going forward, Anthem's going to have a pretty decent life. I think that's going to, it's going to do the destiny, the, the, the destiny, the destiny Disney. thing of um, a, a way of doing things where it's going to have like a relaunch, basically a soft relaunch. Um, there was that, uh, that call from, uh, from Ben Moore from easy allies when they were talking about Anthem, they're like, Anthem came out this week and he's like, ah, oh, I think you meant it went into beta this week. And I was like, <laughs> Well, look, you're not wrong. Um, you're not wrong. We we are ones who bought Destiny, like vanilla Destiny, at launch, and I bought both for Destinies at launch. That's why I got my PS4. My wife, like, like bought right. me a PS4. So and I you could know play what, Destiny. Joel? We had fun. We did. Then we f- then we finished, and we ran out of content, and then suddenly we were like, Ooh, what, "What do we do? What happened here? What what next? What now?" Um, um, but yeah, I, I thing- believe that I believe that Anthem might has oh, a, a yeah. chance to redeem itself by the end of the here's, year. Even like it's here. Here's where I'm at. Basically, if you announce a games as service game, I'm going to assume it's going to suck at launch. Yeah. I'm looking straight at you, Division Two. Yeah, true. I am. I am ready for you to be meh at launch, but it's okay because they've got roadmaps. That's what these games as service games do now. See the difference. The, the difference with even, the Division Two even, is though is oh, that. Well, the Division Two is is it's it's a sequel, so it's already gonna it's yeah, gonna yeah, come yeah. bundled with all the stuff that they all the good shit that they did when they actually worked on that game, and reworked it and stuff like that, and all the, all that DLC stuff that they were maybe working on for the original game, but when everything went to shit, they sort of were like, "Whoa, let's fix the game first. So now they had a good solid foundation that they're gonna just cram all that other stuff in. I think it's gonna have a lot of good content in that game if you're into that sort of stuff as well especially it's almost like destiny 2 i know i don't (laughs) want to keep going back to it but it is absolutely like destiny 2 i'm just ready for it to fall flat and it's not it's just and it's um huber from easy eyes talks about this all the time and it's it's hard but it's almost impossible to put enough content in your game to satisfy the fan base that's going to be playing these games and i don't know if the problem like anthem's problem isn't so much for content like how much content there is it seems like it's largely how repetitive it is yeah um which honestly (laughs) destiny had that problem too (laughs) well yeah they they fix one problem with another problem basically they sort of yeah yeah exactly put a band-aid over but the band-aid's made of like spiders i don't know like it's basically putting out a game to service game is just constantly like 
plugging holes. It's yeah. like, okay, I plugged that one. Oh, there's a new one. Oh, I'll plug that one. I don't like, think we quite... I think we're getting there where, like, where, where people are starting to figure out how to do them well. Meanwhile, Warframe's over there just having a fucking whale of a time. But even even Warframe, it, it had to earn this. Absolutely, like, yeah. But the fact that it, 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 it did earn it, but yeah. It, it did was, earn it. It was and rough. Like, Mad props to them. They're on Switch now. I wish I... That's honestly the reason I want to buy an SD card so I can get back into Warframe on my Switch. But Yeah, true. Um, yeah, they earned that. And uh, Destiny earned a lot of their good faith back for taking King as well. Then they dropped it with whatever... Um, the um, the Iron one, whatever it was called. And then sort of won it back in Destiny 2, but then very quickly dropped it with the release of Destiny 2. I don't know. And then they brought so, it back again with Forsaken because they like, were listening to yes. that. Yeah. And then freed themselves from Activision somehow. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's what a, crazy. What a crazy story. But like, not, not, I was going to, I honestly was going to bring this to Dope on Note, but I completely forgot until this exact moment. But just today, I think it was today or yesterday, uh, Bethesda released their roadmap for Fallout 76. Oh yeah, actually. Yeah, I saw that. Um, sort of outlining all the free content coming. Like, it's just it's just become a thing for games and service games to just have roadmaps now. Almost as if that's supposed to sort of be like, yeah, look, okay, look, our game might be rough at first, but we have a roadmap. Because even Anthem had a roadmap. Yeah. It had a, it had a roadmap for its first three or so events or what, chapters or whatever they're calling them. So um, here's the thing. Do... I mean, I don't want to have to say that, that like games reviewers and journalists should have to change the way they do things but like should if a games of a games as a service is coming out should it be i don't know exempt from a definite stamp of approval review or should it be it's... like a, a review in progress that will review maybe in six months time but then when do you put an end date onto that i guess exactly it's tough like mm. games as service games are really hard to review yeah. Because you can give them, like, again, you can look at all these Anthem scores and they're spot on the money. In six months, they'll probably be irrelevant, but right now they're yeah. spot on. Um, It's tough. Like, the, the whole reviewing of this genre is another question altogether. Yeah, that's that's very true. I, because, yeah. like, we did see a lot of outlets, like, a lot of outlets were withholding their scores. But then, I think once I had spent about a week with a game, they started putting numbers on it. And even then, I was just, I don't know, a week doesn't seem like enough. Yeah, no, you're right. It doesn't seem like enough, but I mean, for a living, breathing game, like it's going to continuously update. Like nothing's happening yet, which is why it's tough to be like, yeah, look, this game is a six. It's like, well, yeah, but stuff's coming, and I'm not like it's not. It's not fair to expect the reviewer to to you know factor that in. Yeah, but that's it. It's a whole weird beast, honestly. Yeah, it really is. Um, this, it's, I think it, we're still in very, very early and very, very new territory with the whole games as service, games as a service thing, especially in terms of things like the scope of of a Destiny or an yeah. Anthem or the Division. So, so it's like I think we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, to sort of go back to the question, <laughs> but um, to answer the, the the crux of it, like, do we think this all like this beta testing will change? Will di- no, because like. It's one of those things where game developers figured out they could charge like an extra $10 and you could play a few days early. And apparently enough people must have bit to keep it as a thing. So it's, well, that's the thing. Like I just, it's almost like a bragging rights thing. Even if the game, it is exactly that. If people know the game's going to be bad, they want to be the first person out there to tell people that it's bad. Look at all, look at Mass Effect Andromeda. 
like yeah. with the early access to that like all the people were just like hey guys this game sucks and everyone was like oh but you know a lot of those people were like the same thing mm, happened here yeah absolutely because because they know because they know that they're gonna get they're gonna get clicks on something that says EA is bad, which you know, it's not wrong. They're Joel, not. I'm so glad you I'm so glad you brought this up because this is something. I'm not saying that. Look, criticism is completely fair game. Yeah, but I have seen some 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 click some video titles that just sort of made me roll my eyes. Honestly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As much as I as much as I love him, I love him. He has very good points of view. He has a very good like weekly video series. But um, Jim Sterling, yeah, his video for Anthem was just like like was Anthem is a trash game or something. I'm like, wow. I mean, honestly, I don't. I wouldn't call it a trash game. Yeah, like I mean, I, it seems like there is something there that's there's a basis for a, a cool idea there in a cool world. But and like I get it, like a lot of his stuff is straight hyperbole. That's that's his. He's internet persona, really. Yeah. Um, but like, and it, it's not just him. I've seen so much. I don't know. Like, I get it. Criticism's fair. I just don't have time in my life to be that negative. I'm like, look, Anthem looks rough. I'll check it out in six months, maybe. Yeah, I I, I agree. Like, I've got, I'm happy. I've got other things to play. Like, I mean, I'm I'm excited. I got a new Trials game out, and I can play it on my Switch. That's awesome. So, like, I. It partially may also be because I've resigned myself to the fact that EA will never change. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, it's almost like it's it's one of my favorite conferences to watch at E3 because I'm just like, what fucking train wreck is going to happen this year? Because it, if we look at that, at the last three years, even further, but like in particular, like last year we had the whole thing with um, what's his name from Respawn being like, we're making Star Wars. Everyone's like, cool. And like, you've got something to show. He's like, no. Got a title for you. Oh my god. Like, what? That's... Last year, we had <sighs> just the desecration of an RTS oh, legend, yeah, true. a legendary franchise. Live streams to millions. Yep. With awkward shout casting over the top. Yep. I'll never forget that moment. <laughs> and the year before, we had the, the, the poor uh, YouTube streamer that. His teleprompter stopped working and had a meltdown oh. on camera. Like, oh, man, I just, felt for him. <laughs> I felt for him as well. But I'm like, what? It just seems to be like we. The only reason we watch it, the only reason that millions of people watch it, they're like, what is going to go wrong this year? What are they going to fuck up? What are they going to say that they're fixed from last year? And then what are they going to fuck up? And continue. Oh, we got Star Wars this year. It's going to be good. Mm, yeah, we'll see. Trust in respawn. I do trust in respawn. I absolutely do. But. Oh, I just have concerns. <laughs> I hear you. I just EA have never, concerns. EA will never change. I'll keep doing the stuff I've done with Anthem. Although, like, I do... I mean, maybe going forward it's a case-by-case thing. Like, maybe they don't do it for single player. True. Like, I I don't honestly believe there'll be, like, a 10-day early access thing for the Star Wars game, for example. Maybe mm-hmm. if you if you pay, like, an extra 10, you can get it a couple of days early, but I feel like they won't do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I think I it's just... I think it's something they can they can safely pull constantly with multiplayer games, but I think it's tougher with single player. I'm just trying to think. I've just, I, when was I? Maybe you have an answer for this, but when was the last time you played an EA game, like a triple A EA game, that you weren't somewhat disappointed with? I mean, honestly, I really enjoyed Battlefield One. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yep, 
That's fair. But I mean, I, I liked the Battlefield series. Yeah, and that's fair. It was before Battlefront 2 came in and sort of made me go, oh, maybe be careful. Like, not so much be careful of DICE, but be careful of what EA is doing to DICE. Yeah. Um, um, but like, prior to that... I honestly can't really remember. Probably Mass Effect 2. Yeah. And that was late, because I played on PS3, so... Yeah, same. Um, I'd already been waiting for it. Yeah. I, and, like, I guess to an extent, I wasn't super disappointed with Mass Effect 3, but, um, yeah, like, it's... That's crazy. It's just... And these are the people who have Star Wars. <laughs> like, they're and in charge Disney's of... And fi- Disney's fine with it. And Disney's fine with it. Like... They don't care. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's just a trash fire. I... It just makes me wonder if that says more about um, EA or more about how little Disney cares about video games. And I think it's how little Disney cares about video games. That's true. That's very true. That's like, eh, whatever. EA's <sighs> made us a couple of games. It's fine. We don't... <sighs> Man, Karen, this whole thing's bumming me out. I think we need to stop. <laughs> I can't, I'm just getting real mad now. But... I know. It's, it's, what, it's what happens when we talk EA, especially we should... when we talk... When you talk EA. I shouldn't have left this question to last. That was was a rookie mistake. (laughs) That was a real rookie mistake. We should have ended on on Sean's. That was, oh boy. Anyway, but thank you, Brendan, for the constant stream of misery that you've (laughs) you've, uh, you've, uh, afforded us. Um, No, we love you, Brendan. Thank you very much. For your question, uh, like I like I said, like I reckon, give Anthem a look in six months and see how. Oh, absolutely. I I'm definitely gonna keep my eye on it, and I think it's gonna be like as as for EA game. As for EA changing, don't get your hopes up. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. I'm just going to tune in at E3 and see what else they can fuck up. <sighs> and then I can just lose vision, like lose the power of sight because my eyes have rolled so far back into my head. Until you hear that Star Wars fanfare. And then they'll come back in and then I'll see it and I'll be like, ah, oh, oh. I'll be excited about it post E3. And then the, like closer to the game's release, it'll be like, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh dearie me. Anyway, uh, I want to be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. I really do. We'll see. I mean, uh, scarily enough, it's only a few months away. Yeah, I can't help but be cynical when it comes to EA now. It's. I mean, they don't make it easy to be positive. So. <laughs> they really don't. They can make like, someone I myself, like me be cynical. Like, yeah. I'd like to be positive about video games, but EA makes it hard. I was going to say, if they can make people like us be cynical about... Anyway. Yeah. Thank you, Brendan. I but, love uh, video games. I, I do love video games. But... I, I think that when I talk about EA, I need to remind myself about sometimes. I, I know they don't, but I do. <laughs> it's all right. I'm, I'm, it's okay. I'm going to go play a fun video game after this. Like, I'm going to go play <laughs> Trials and everything will be okay. So Everything will be hunky-dory. Everything will be all good. Um, but I think that's an episode, Karen. What do you reckon? I think I think you're right, Joel. I think you're right. Bring us home. Uh, as always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast. We do appreciate it if you've reached this point. As always, if you want to keep up with us, you can find us on the social medias, both on on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we are just Dialogue Options. If you wish to, you know, share the love, you know, support us a little bit, whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, whether it's Pod. Bean, Podchaser, Spotify, iTunes, any of those platforms, uh, just chuck us a review, a share, a thumbs up. Uh, every little bit counts. It really does. It does. Uh, if you want to email us, you can shoot us an email over to contact at dialogueoptions.com. As for our individual accounts, you can find me on Twitter, where I am, at LemonManX, where Joel 
the main my last tweet was a story I brought up when I talked about Valkyria, Valkyria Chronicles two. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you two options, Joel. I can talk about I had two pretty good retweets today. Okay. One about Games as a Service and one about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I'm going to go Kingdom Hearts because I don't want to talk okay. about Games as a Service anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, the Games as a Service one was the Cam Mooney one I put in. Oh, Cam actually, that was pretty funny. Yeah. But um, the Kingdom Hearts one was funny as well. It's um, it's a series of pitches, and it's just the title is. When you give the, your kid to the count of three, but they're not budging. This is Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts 2, Kingdom Hearts 2.5, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 2.8. <laughs> and then someone added to that, Kingdom Hearts 2.9. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. I When I saw that, I was laughing for a solid 10 minutes. You've, uh, you've picked me back up after, oh after all that EA talk. That's great. Um, but yeah, that's, look, I retweeted that today. It's gold. Where can I find you, Joel? Uh, you can find me at Jolly Mac, where I've been tweeting a lot. But you have, Joel. I've been, been doing some tweets. Some good tweets. Some stuff to say. Um, I also I also posted something on Facebook that it was pretty, like, but, you know, I don't want to end on a downer again, but there, there's if you want to find me on Facebook, there's something I posted about um, one of the Triple J presenters, who's a female, had to deal with some pretty shitty stuff. Um, and I am a bit sick of that. Let's put it that way. Um, I, not of her complaining about it, of, of no, no, no. the Obviously people involved who are being just fucking garbage human beings. Um, anyway, don't want to get into that here. But uh, I did teach myself how to play uh, a song on my ukulele, finally. I'm starting to learn a little bit more. It's playing every... You know, every couple of days I do a whip it out and play for about half an hour or so, which is good. Doing your doing your ukulele crunches. I am doing my ukulele crunches. I'm trying to get better. Like I said, my wife has set me a task of like learning a full like a, a song to perform at the at the um, gender reveal party that we're having. So for nice. our baby, that's that's. I look forward to it. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident about it now. Just I've got half a song down, so it's not a very long song, but it's a good song and I feel like it's appropriate. It'll be good. You can see what it is if you come to follow me on Twitter. But that's about all. I, and also tweeting about, I had a big tweet about, like, you know, speaking of my unborn child as well, um, about watching uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and how, like, remember, reminding myself how much Queen has been such an important part of my life and how much music has been an important part of my life and how much I want to try and impart that upon my child going forward. And Queen will be a big part of that, I think, as well. Um, and I just, I think it's what got to me the most about that movie, so... Um, in what is otherwise a very enjoyable romp, for the most part, then it gets pretty sad at the end. But yes, yeah, no, that's, but I mean, sadly, it's to be expected. It kind of has to be sad, yeah. Um, but that's all for me. Well, in that case, I will let our wonderful theme song see us out, and we will catch you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Options podcast.